looking for adventure in 2023? How does island hopping in Thailand sound? What about marveling at waterfalls in Iceland? Or tapas with your new BFFs in Seville? What about discovering the world with an awesome group of 18 to 35? Explore all of this and more with Kintiki. You'll sleep in the coolest accommodation and learn from local guides and experts. Visit Kintiki.com. That's C-O-N-T-I-K-I.com to book your next adventure. Kintiki. Travel together. All right. We got just a minute to go. We're going to get Bill WD-40 into the Spreaker chat room to lube us on up for tonight's show. W. David Page, thank you so much for kicking off the Super Chat tonight. The Super Chat is a wonderful way to support what we do on this show on a nightly basis. So thank you. Hi, Science Bob. How you doing, buddy? Uh, Richard Elmore, how you doing? And let's see, who else do we have here? Digger Dog, good to have you here. We Runa Farms, Pixie Lara, thank you for joining us. Man, this chat room is moving. Renee BK, how you doing, bud? Good to see you. And uh, we are running out of time. We've got 30 seconds. Can I do it all? I don't know, but we're going to try. Serpent, nice to have you back again. Justin T, thank you for joining us. Hey, River Dogma, good to see you. Chairman Meow, I am Pam. I am Pam. Lala, thank you for that awesome super chat. Very much appreciate it. And uh, we got 16 seconds. Can we do this? And B, Ed Clater. And uh, I don't think we're going to do it. I don't think so. But we're going to give it a good call to try. Kathy Evans and Cat Chaser, thank you so much for the super chat. Horns up. Let's rock. of Central British Columbia to you listening around the world. This, my friends, is Spaced Out Radio. I am your host, Dave Scott, sitting in the captain's chair of SOR headquarters. We welcome you to tonight's show on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at YouTube.com forward slash spaced out radio do old Davey the favor hit that subscribe button you can follow us on twitter at spaced out radio instagram at spaced out radio show and on tiktok at spaced out radio our website spaced out radio.com we have a plethora of features for you rock out to bumblefoot read the newswire check out our swag as well tonight's show is brought to you by chive charities Help make the world 10% happier by visiting Chive Charities today. You can find them on our website. we got a power show for you tonight. When it comes to conspiracy, my good friend, Lorian Fenton, she knows the woo from the woo, what, where, when, why, and how. That's why we got her in here tonight to talk to UFOs and everything else under the sun. And from there, in hour three, we've got the Swamp Dweller checking on in or checking on in with another story from the swamp. Little Timmy Senor will be here for the UFO report. And of course, a little bit of random guy in overtime. Now, I never really write an intro for Lorian Fenton because I just love going with off the cuff with her. That's the way our conversations have gone since day one. Lorian is literally one of the most important people 
in my life when it comes to UFOs. She is a a hero, a mentor, uh, somebody who I can use as a research partner if I need knowledge or questions answered. She is who I turn to. Why? Well, she's been doing this for like 30 plus years and she knows everybody. She talks to everybody. She's connected in all sorts of worlds from government to insiders to secret space program, everything along the line. So who better to talk a little bit of Chinese balloons, radar, U.S. airspace, Canadian airspace, than with my good friend Lorian Fenton from UFOCon 2023. And Lorian, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. I love you, my dear. Thank you for coming on the show. I get so embarrassed when you talk to me. I, I When you introduce me, I just turn all red. See how red I'm getting? Oh, my God. Dave, what am I going to do with you? It's well, like having a fanboy. I am a fanboy. <laughs> I have been a fanboy since day one. And you know what? I, 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 to this day, and I know you hate it when I say this. I know you hate it, hate it, hate it. But I'm gonna, I do. I, I'm going to tell the audience this again. If it okay. was, if it wasn't for you, I don't uh, I don't think spaced out radio would be anywhere close to where we are today, because you have helped uh, create um, this image of me that is very well known out there, very well respected, and it all started with you. And for whatever success that I have, I really feel that I owe you that much love and gratitude back. Well, I really appreciate that. Thank you so much. Um, it's wonderful. Now, I don't even know how you found me in the first place, uh, but you did call me and say, I'm doing this thing. And and I just said, you know, be be careful. <laughs> I think that was the first thing I said to you is be careful because you never know who's lurking out there. I mean, it's it's been a wild ride, hasn't it? I mean, it has. think of all the people that have come and gone and that we've, you know, it's kind of like, oh, my God. Um it's an interesting world, ufology, conspiracy, the JFK world I live in. All of them have their their moments where you kind of wonder how infiltrated are we really? And it's got to be a lot because strange things happen to all of us. Well, I know. I know. One of my insiders recently got a phone call. And yeah, what are you doing on this spaced out radio show? Well, I now know officially because Rick Doty had the the former current spy CIA, whatever, had told me like three years ago. He's like, Dave, there's like six people who are who listen to your show nightly. The minute you start talking to UFOs and and stuff, there's minimum six people at DC nightly. And, you know, I try and take that stuff with a grain of salt. But after my friend uh, got the phone call. I will just say this. I am now confirmed that oh, everything of mine now is probably tapped in. And uh, I have recently had malware on my computer. Maybe they put that on there as a little thank you note. I don't know, you know, but hey. You know, I think I told you this, our first conversation. I said, if you do anything in this field, just be ready that they're going to monitor you. And, and I don't mean they're following you or, you know, they're going to do anything to you, but they're going to monitor you. I'll never forget the night I was sitting there. It was four o'clock in the morning. It was about two months into my radio show. And I looked up at my monitor and my mouse was moving around <laughs> and it was opening up files 
And they were all the UFO conspiracy, super soldier files, you know, all these things. And they were just all being opened and copied. And I just thought, you know what? If they can do that when I'm just sitting right here watching them, what's the point of fighting this, you know? So for months after that, I would get on the phone and I'd say, hi, guys. I hope you're making a good living off of listening to me every day, (laughs) you know, things like that. Because what's the point, right? I mean, hey, look, since cell phones came out, we can't hide anymore. There's nowhere we can hide. No, very true. Very true. Yeah. And, and, you know, I just, you know, one of the things that really gets me going here over this last week, week and a half, that we have been following these Chinese drones and the stories that are going on is I have been geeking out, Lorian, because... This is really my first time in this field really watching espionage play out on social media and in the media and everything. And I've been like, you know what? I've got this insider here telling me this. I've got this insider. I got this insider. I got this insider. And I'm just having a blast here knowing that, you know, you hear Biden or the generals coming up to the podium and they're like, they're like, well, you know, uh, balloons and aliens and, you know, your dirty left sock that you never found. You know, they're they're talking all this stuff, and I'm just sitting there, that's not it. You know, trying to put it all together. I mean, this is a special time if you're a ufology nut for everything that is going on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now um, what I heard through a couple of my sources was that one of them may actually have been a real UFO sighting and that the other one was some type of not a hot, they're calling it a hobbyist club balloon, but I think it was more like one of those big, um, you know, uh, inflatables from like a car yard or you know, something like that that got away. I heard that the second one was that. I also heard that two of the other ones were actually maybe from China. They're not even sure. Hey, are they sure they even came from China? Yes. I'm not even sure. Oh, they are sure. Okay. They They admitted that they're theirs. All right. Because one of them thought. Go ahead. Finish up. Yeah, go ahead. Well, one of them, my friends thought one of them might have been Russian, actually. Could have been. So they weren't sure they were both Chinese, the two that they um, were for sure. You know, they shot one down. And I, did they shoot the other one down over a lake and they haven't been able to retrieve it? Well, I mean, you would be able to retrieve it because the, the lakes up there would be probably four to five feet thick of ice, if not. Like you could land an airplane on oh, the ice. Oh, okay. There. Okay. Yeah. So basically they've, they've got whatever they shot down. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they're telling us that they may not be able to recover the one in Alaska and the one in the Yukon north of me, but, I mean, how would they know what it is if they don't know? And the issue that I have with that company balloon, how come no company has released a statement saying, uh, boys, you shot down our balloon, will you be paying for this? It hasn't That's happened. what I thought. That's the first thought I had was if they shot down my balloon, I want reparations for it, you know, or whatever they call it. I want payment. Where's my insurance money? <laughs> exactly. Yet that wasn't yeah. reported. I'm sorry. I'm not trying to be a conspiracy theorist here. But what we are seeing in the, from the people I talk to, I think what we've been seeing here is a real de-escalation game. Where, yeah. you know, look, out of anybody in this world that we do not want war with, it's China. 
Okay, not oh, not because not because that we can't take them out that we're stronger, we're better looking. Okay, we have hockey or baseball and football. Okay, and we have all the latest toys. You know, well, you guys do down there. We just wave our flags like this. Uh, but you know, but the idea behind it is the economic collapse is more important than the actual hand-to-hand physical combat that could happen. So that's why I think what we saw was a real de-escalation of the entire phenomena. And that includes propaganda of what these are, like a business balloon, even though the business has never come out, okay, which will probably be some CIA-fronted store or car lot, you know, with some greasy lot lizard standing in front. Yeah, you guys owe me $1,200 for that balloon, man. Right? I mean, that's what I think we're going to see. I think that the problem we got here with that business balloon is that it was way too high for a business balloon, okay? What did they say? It was at 28,000 feet or something. I'm like, they don't get that high. They just don't. They can't. If I remember correctly, if, you know, the healing, the physics and all that, they're not getting up into that lower atmosphere. They're they're barely able to get up to, you know, a couple thousand feet before they just kind of go downwards because of the coldness, because it, it deflates the balloon. I, I mean, that's what I thought. Am I wrong about this? Some sci- science Bob will know. <laughs> science Bob will know. Well, Science Bob right now is uh, too busy looking for orbs in the sky with the lovely Lala Bright right now. He's got a he he, to, he told me he's got to find about 154 more before he can come to San Francisco for UFO Con 2023. Oh my god, so he's going to bring that many with him? He's going to put them all <laughs> in a jar. Put in a and dragging them along. He's bringing them all in a jar in a nice nice petri dish. You know, that's what he's doing. Just, just letting it all out there, you know. Thank you, Science Bob, for doing that. You know, before we get too much more into the idea of... Um, well, before uh, we change the subject, I want to talk a little bit about this whole thing about why we even allowed them to get over the United States, or even over Canada, for that matter. I mean, we knew they were there. We have a base in Alaska that got them on radar... You know, when they were coming over, and apparently, from what I understood, is that this happens a lot. That there are balloons that go over the North Pole. They keep going north. They don't come our direction. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know why they waited until it all got all the way to Florida. Well, That was nuts. I think because the public actually saw them. Uh, you know, according to my sources, they they have been launching balloons on both sides. We've been sending them over there. They've been sending them here exactly. for well over 50, 60 years. It's a cheap way exactly. to get some cheap information and some confirmation rather than sending, you know, a U-2 spy plane that costs, uh, you know, $35,000 an hour or, you know, whatever, replace the SR-71 at maybe $100,000 an hour, right? I mean, there's, yeah. there's a, yeah. it's exactly. a it's a lot cheaper. You can buy a lot of balloons for $100,000, right? And uh, yeah. and so that's what I think it is. And, I you know, I just love this, this whole cloak and dagger stuff. I mean, CIA, I know you're listening out there. I know you are, okay? Remember, old Davey here, if you could get him a job on the woo desk, yeah, he he'd appreciate that. He would totally appreciate that. 
I could see you on the Voo desk. Oh, oh totally. my God, you'd have to wear a tinfoil hat. Oh, absolutely. It'd be great. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. You know. Well, anyhow, the whole thing, I, I'm just, I, I find it amusing because really it makes no, I have friends that are freaking out about it here where I live. They're just literally freaking out. All the Chinese are watching us and all this. I'm going like, and you didn't think they've been doing it for 50 or 60 years now? Come on, really? You know, it's like, I can't figure out how people are that, you know, and I hate to say it, dumbed down. Because in mil- all of my military friends knew this was going on forever. Oh, and, and you know? mine too. Mine too. I mean, but the idea behind it is this, and, and, and a number of the topics that I want to get into with you tonight, it regards around the UFO side of this, because the UFO community went a little silly over this, and we'll get into that at the uh, at the bottom of the hour but but for you I want to ch- kind of change topics here quickly and spend a few minutes sure. because in just over a month here is UFO Con 2023 in San Francisco, California, an event that you have put on for years and I've had the privilege of speaking at it three times now since 2018 and I'll be heading down to be your one of your masters of ceremonies and you have some great people coming down there like Melinda Leslie, Science Bob, Robert Perala, John Yost, Sev Talk, just to name a few. I mean, another brilliant lineup you have, Lorian. Another brilliant lineup. Well, thank you. I mean, and and we've got a lot of new people like Glenn uh, Moore, I mean, uh, Mark Glenn Moore, he's amazing. Now, I got to tell you the quick story about Mark, everyone. Mark came to my conference last year. He met Paul Hynek there, and they became kind of friends, and they've been emailing, and Mark finally admitted to Paul, I'm a major experiencer, and I went to Lorian's conference because, you know, I just needed to be around other people like me. He had such a good time, and he's a he's a businessman, and he makes presentations all the time at work. And he just he made a decision. He called me up. He said, "I I've never spoken about my experiences to anybody before. I'm going to make a PowerPoint. Will you let me speak?" And I said, "Of course I will. You know why not? You know." And he's a really interesting guy. I've had him on my radio show. Wonderful, wonderful information. Um, and very excited to be presenting his story for the first time. And then we also have Barbara Eberhardt, who came to my MUFON meeting, um, gosh, about two years ago now. And she started telling me about her. Her she, she She's 75 years old, and she just found out that she's been like a nanny on the ships taking care of the space babies. And, and she just figures this all out, you know. She's just having all of her awakenings, and she's like, now she's almost 80. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. I went my whole life, and I didn't know until, you know, just recently. And I started coming to your MUFON group, and everybody was so accepting and so wonderful. She hired a professional artist to build, help her build her PowerPoint presentation. Wow. And she says, this is going to be the only time I ever do this, but I want to do it right. You know, and Good so she's going to tell her whole story. And it's an amazing story. I mean, it's just mind boggling. And then um, you guys all know who Deb Cobble is, right? Yes. She, she, yeah. But Hopkins first person, what she's going to talk about, which she doesn't do very often, is all the things that happened after the Bud Hopkins stuff was going on. 
there was much, much more, and it was affecting most of her family, and it, it just goes on and on. I mean, it's like, you know, people think uh, you have an experience, and then maybe something doesn't happen for a long time, or maybe you have another little one, or something happens, but oh my God, she's been having a major things happen her whole life, and the Bud Hopkins part was just a small piece of it. So she's going to tell about things that she's never really talked about before, which will be fascinating. And, of course, Melinda, she's going to do all of our uh, catch-up on what the government's up to right now. So, you know, she'll probably bring in the Wilson document and go from there forward and, you know, just keep us abreast of what's happening right up to the date of the conference. So that'll be fun. I love it. And, you know, I mean, the hardest part of having Melinda Leslie speak is that you literally have to turn the microphone and the lights off in order to get her to stop at the end. I I know. And and she's never all the way through because she's got five hours of material she tries to cram in 50 minutes, you know. So (laughs) God bless her soul, you know. I love her. I couldn't come up with that much material, but she does. She's really good at that. And that's just an example. Yeah, you had John Yost on the show the other night, right? Uh, No, we actually had to cancel that show. And and the reason why is about 90 minutes before showtime, I actually had my power go out. There was a car car accident on the highway, and it was a truck versus telephone pole. Truck hit ice on the highway (laughs) because our highways are terrible right now and uh, decided to take out the power for a few hours. And and so, unfortunately, you need power in order to do the radio show. And for people who don't know, my radio studio is in 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 my house. I have a radio studio built, like a lot of people do now. And, And unfortunately, we weren't able to get that out, but we have rescheduled him for uh, the third week, third or fourth week of March when he's available. So, okay. So, but, so he'll be, he'll be on uh, hopefully before or right after the conference. It doesn't matter which, but he's got an amazing movie out and it's only been seen in a few places. And his story is wonderful too. Mm-hmm. Um, and he really did a great job of documenting his coming out in his movie about, you know, you got, I don't know if you, everybody understands how difficult it is for most people not for me, because I grew up being psychic and everybody in my family knew I was that. And it just was accepted in my... Looking for adventure in 2023? How does island hopping in Thailand sound? What about marveling at waterfalls in Iceland? Or tapas with your new BFFs in Seville? What about discovering the world with an awesome group of 18 to 35? Explore all of this and more with Kintiki. You'll sleep in the coolest accommodation and learn from local guides and experts. Visit Kintiki.com. That's C-O-N-T-I-K-I.com to book your next adventure. Kintiki. Travel together. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Hi, family. So me seeing aliens or angels or women walking through my bedroom wall or things that are ghosts all the time, 
nobody ever thought about it in my family. I mean, I wasn't ostracized. And everybody that I talk to these days, they're all just starting to come out with their stories and, and realizing the power of their experience. Absolutely. And uh, John did such a really good job of capturing that through his hypnotherapy in the um, movie. And it was very powerful. And I just, I, I can't wait to play the movie. I've seen it once already and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. It's that good. You, you know what? I got a funny story about John. Okay. And okay. I was talking to him pre-show getting ready for that night. And I say, I look at him and say, your phone number. I say, Oh, you're from Pittsburgh. And he goes, yeah. I said, I said, whereabouts? He goes, well, I'm in just in a, one of the suburb communities. I'm like, oh yeah. I said, I got friends in in Beaver County and Monaca and and New Brighton and all this. He's like, what? He goes, that's my strolling area, man. And I'm like, yeah. I said, you know the bar Thursdays. He goes, I drink there all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, do you remember ever seeing this Canadian flag up on the wall? He goes, yeah. I said, that was mine. And he he's like, oh my god. I said, I brought that for the bar. And he's like, no way. And so we had this big conversation about this little bar in the middle of nowhere that both him and I have drank at. Oh, that's wonderful. I love it. See what a close-knit community we actually really are if we dig deep into it. We're all connected. There's no seven degrees of separation like Kevin Bacon. <laughs> I think we have a half a degree of connection. That's what we had to call it for ufology. Oh, you know? yeah. Oh, yeah, you know. Anyhow, the, the conference is going to be fantastic, you guys. And I'm sorry I'm itching. It's just been really dry here, and we, keep it, we have to have the heat on because it's been down to 32 degrees every night. And so I'm just itchy, itchy. So, you know. Like, ah! <laughs> you, you, you know what I do at 32 degrees, Lorian? I walk around. That's a balmy day for you, I right? Wa I walk around in shorts. <laughs> I walk around in shorts, Lorian. Yep. Yeah. Well, I know some of our listeners are going and people could go to ufocon2023.com and get tickets there today and uh, you know what? We'll be there. And I can give you guys a special code because Dave has a special code and it's SPKR uh 23. Yeah. SPKR 23 and that'll get you in for $125. Excellent. And then we'll get to see Lorian in May for the SOR party in Vegas. Second half hour coming up. We're going to check out ufology, how ufology went haywire in this last 10 days. We'll be right back. All right. All right. All right. We're back. Uh, oh, good. Now I can cough. You go right ahead. Uh, <laughs> I've been... Uh... I had some kind of weird cough going on the last few days, and I keep trying not to do it during the shows. Oh, I know. I know that feeling. Uh, quickly here. Th hi, hi there, Thurston Howell third. Good morning, Body Tech. Uh, Zen 2, thank you so much for that awesome super chat. And uh, Pam Smith, thank you for that second or that super chat. Well, the first one was Pam Ainge, and then this one, Pam Smith. All right, and who else has joined us here? Uh, I'm just whipping through the names. Uh, we got a lot of people here so far, so bear with me. I hope I haven't forgotten anybody. Uh, you guys are cruising in the chat room tonight. 
Uh, let's see here. What are they talking about in there? Oh, just everything about you and I are talking about. Uh, they're talking about their day. Yeah, Kira, I wear shorts on cold days. Yes, I do. <laughs> uh huh. Yes, uh, Kira has instructed me. She's now my my fashion designer that I am no longer aware allowed to wear shorts uh, when in public re- representing spaced out radio i must look more professional so i'm taking her advice and i am going shopping tomorrow to get some collared shirts and nice pants and new shoes and uh, about 58 jackets you know so yeah because all my jackets are like flannel well let me just ask you a dumb question you're up in 100 mile house right you've been here how many days do you walk around there representing Spaced Out Radio where everybody knows? I mean, do they care if you're in a pair of shorts? Uh, I don't represent. Nobody knows my radio show in town except a few people. They don't? No, oh, no, okay. No. Well, keep it quiet then. <laughs> I don't need people Shh, knocking at my door. Zanamaya, welcome to SOR Chat. Who else do we have here scrolling on down? random guy juliana mcgill hello from humboldt saskatchewan yes go broncos right there go broncos and uh we everybody in canada has their heart on uh humboldt for the last few years so that's okay uh you know if you say humboldt where i come from it all means marijuana yes uh (laughs) let's see here uh, who else do we have? Uh, Les Paul Holland in Australia. I bought a Dean uh, VX guitar the other day. I did. Flying V from Dean. Uh, oh. Yes, it's very nice. Those are uh, beautiful. John Bucky, welcome. Uh, Wilfred Brimley, how's your diabetes? Let me know. Uh, Joseph Yanni, how are you? Mark Slivka, nice to see you. And Oh, you're in Humboldt, California. Okay. Yeah, wrong Humboldt. Same flat land, so. Um, <laughs> let's see here. Matthew Godwing or uh, Mothwing, how are you? Uh, no, I am not a socks and sandals guy. And no, I don't wear Birkenstocks. Uh, no, no. Give me some credit for that. All right. Although I do have Crocs. I do have Crocs, people. Uh, oh, no. Yeah. Oh, Crocs. I, I got them on right now. Look at this. Right there. Look at these ugly things. I didn't even paint them. <laughs> they're the most comfy. Well, they're comfy. These are my shoes. Now, these shoes do not go out in public, just so everybody knows. They are my walking around on hardwood floors because my old house has re- has that old hardwood floor in it. You know? No, I don't wear them in public, but I am going to wear them in front of Kira just because I can. <laughs> oh yes, Kira and her husband will be attending uh, U- uh, UFO Con. Oh God, she's going to be policing you, and you'll yes. have to wear a suit the whole time. No, I told her I'm not wearing a suit. My days of wearing slacks are over. Over. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't even wear them are for you my day jeans. I will wear a nice pair of jeans. I will. Okay. I will wear a nice. What do you wear for the game show? Are you gonna wear something nice for the game I show? I will have something. I'll look sexy for you, Lorian. I will. Okay. I I promise. I know. Uh, Kira's like for the record. 
I have nothing against shorts, just not at conferences or business events. That's well, I love you, Kira. I do. Oh, she is awesome. Uh, Cosmic Depot, welcome to SOR Chat. Margo, how are you? And um, I think we're caught up now. I think we're caught up. Uh, Super Chatters, thank you to W. David Page, Lala, Cat Chaser, Lara, Deb, Nero, Bob, Pam H, Zen 2, and Pam S. Remember, tickets for UFOCon at UFOCon.com or 2023.com. Yeah, UFOCon2023.com. Zaname. And use your, use your discount code, folks, SPKR. Second half hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on a, around the world, wherever you are. We appreciate you tuning us on in. That really does mean a lot to me. Thank you so much for allowing me into your ears. Reminder, if you've missed portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. You can also follow us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Google Play, and every major podcast network. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram, Spaced Out Radio Show. And on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. Longtime ufologist, author, researcher, conference promoter, Lorian Fenton is here with us tonight. She is from UFOCon and San Francisco, which takes place March 17th through 19th. In San Fran, if you haven't been, you got to go. UFOCon2023.com is the place to get your tickets. Hi, Lorian. How are you? I'm good. Now, don't forget that code because they get a big discount. SPKR23. 23. SPKR23. Get your code. Get your discount right now. Go buy it. Yeah, get your discount. It's a daily discount. There you go. There you go. Hey, I want to get into ufology here for a little bit because I know you've been following, as everybody has, with what's going on. And this past 10, 12 days here, since the balloons and and drones started popping up out of nowhere, it has really, really shaken ufology from everything about disclosure to that the aliens are actually here and they, you know, you're shooting down alien craft. I mean, when you look at everything (laughs) here, I mean, What's your thoughts on the last 10, 12 days? I, you know, when this whole thing started, the very first one, they said it was a balloon. It was from China, you know, whatever. And it made its way all the way across the country. So I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool. We got espionage going on. We've been knowing about this forever. Okay. Then the second one happens. And then the third one, and then it just starts getting out of control. And then they're saying like yesterday, Oh, it's a UFO over Alaska. It's not a balloon. It's a UFO. And I'm like, okay. Or two days ago. And I said, wait a minute. Now are we just starting to wish that it was UFOs. What's going on here, folks? 
And uh, I started looking into it, and I'm thinking, for a ufologist, this really should be a nothing burger, and we should be keeping people calm. But no, everybody on Twitter had to go crazy and say, oh, my God, it's a UFO. What if it is a UFO and the government's not telling us and they're shooting it down? And, you know, where's the MUFON star team? I saw that coming across Twitter. I was laughing. I'm like, they're never going to see a UFO, okay? (laughs) The government will be there long before the MUFON star team. But that's another story. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I'm sorry to say this, Dave, but to me it was a nothing burger because – they really weren't hiding anything and everybody saw it. I mean, it was like, I mean, you know, I don't know that the the one, the only one that could have been a UFO that we still have questions about is like we were talking about is that business balloon, whatever that was, you know, now that could have been a UFO and we're still not getting the truth out of them. What have you heard about that one in particular? I think that is another drone. The octagon shape one, that is a drone. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, I mean, the like I said earlier, the story of what happened, I don't believe will ever come out publicly because there is too much tension right now. And something like this could escalate the American people to get really upset and really force a really bad hand in going to war with with China. And we don't need that to happen. And, you know, I'm not trying to sound paranoid here or anything like that, but the fact is that's where we're at. I mean, we're seeing espionage being played out left, right, and center, both in, in the media and and on social media and with these with these drones and balloons. Look, they're not going to tell us, you know, what kind of technology they were these drones were using. They're not going to tell That's us. Right. They're not going to tell us. They're going to make it sound the these things sound as simplistic as possible, and that's why they have the best PR teams in the world. Oh, oh absolutely, yeah. I mean, the thing about that the 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 octagon shaped one, I did see a picture of it, and I thought to myself that that looked more like a um, the drones that have self propulsion and that they are actually flown by somebody. Whereas the balloons, they are flown and they've got power. They aren't as like, there isn't a guy sitting in a box somewhere flying that like they would fly a regular drone, but that one looked like a regular drone. It looked like someone was just sitting behind a desk somewhere actually piloting that one. That's what was kind of disconcerting to me. It's like they're getting away with that high caliber of a drone. That's kind of scary. And what bothered me more than anything is the fact that ufology, instead of saying, hey, folks, this isn't our billy whack. We should be worried about it. It's a Chinese problem. It's a Russian problem. It's whatever it is. It's a government political problem. We all jumped on the bandwagon and said, oh, no, it's got to be a UFO. And distracted people from the fact that this is important for our government and it's political. And uh, and that just, it's a waste of our time and energy when we know actually it is a military kind of espionage strike, if you want to call it that. And it bothered me. It bothered me that ufology got involved in the first place. Look, I, I don't think there's there's any doubt in my mind that there are a number of us there who we want the aliens, man. 
We want the aliens. <laughs> Bring on the aliens wherever they are. Lorian needs some aliens. I need some aliens. You need some aliens. We'll get you some aliens. Okay, what, what do you want? Uh, small, medium, or large, or XL. You know, we'll get you. We'll get you your aliens. We want them. You know, many of us are ready for them because some of us have some payback to do. You know, I will say that. But nonetheless, there is a reality to this. All right. If we go back to what we've learned about the Tic Tac incident uh, with the USS Nimitz, those craft were doing things that were out of this world. Okay. Absolutely. Going uh, from 80,000 feet and making a dead stop at 10 feet above sea level in 0.78 seconds. That is unheard of. Making uh, sharp 90-degree turns without losing any speed or anything. Not knowing where the propulsion systems are. Okay? There are UFOs out there. Let us not be be, uh, hesitant to the idea that everything is a Chinese drone like all the skeptics are saying now. I mean, mean, Lorian, pardon me. There's got to be a way for ufology to actually be able to see what is real and what is not. What are we missing? Well, people want see here's this is the problem and I've said this for years. People want to think that everything up in the sky is a UFO if you're in ufology and if you're in the military and what have you, you want to believe that everything up there is not. So we're at a we're at a bypass here where everybody that's in ufology jumps on that bandwagon the second we see something and it's got to be a UFO, you know. And I really I got to say I'm happy now looking back on it that the Nimitz thing broke years later because it actually is an alien craft. They never could figure out what this thing was. I mean, they still wanted us to believe that we might have that technology. They keep floating that every once in a while. But you and I know darn well that that's got to be some kind of alien. And and I don't mean like, you know, little green men alien kind of thing. This could be another type of uh, interdimensional probe of other types of human beings in another dimension. I don't know. I'm not saying it's gray aliens or Plajarans or, you know, the blue avians or, you know, whatever, but it is definitely not of this reality. I can tell you that right now. And I'm not sure there was anybody inside of those things, you know, flying them around, maybe so, but most of the craft that I've ever seen, there is some type of window or portal or some way that, or if it's not a portal, it's totally solid but you know there's somebody inside of it. You know there's some kind of intelligence to it, okay? I didn't get that feeling from the Tic Tacs. I mean, I just didn't... They felt more drony and proby to me than like they were an actual craft with another type of uh, entity in it. And um, But they were definitely not of this world. And it was good for the government to come out and say, we don't know what they are, you know? And that was wonderful. But this whole thing about ufology jumping on board with these these balloons, come on, folks. I mean, what happened? Remember when the, um, oh, who was it? It was uh, Elon Musk or was it somebody else? Was it Bezos? It might have been Bezos. They had the big balloons that were launched for uh, satellite communication. 
Google, the right. Google loons. It was Google. Remember the Google loons? They were the same yeah. thing as these uh, Chinese balloons. And nobody mistook those for UFOs because we were all told, oh, those are Googaloos, you know? And so everybody just, it was a nothing burger at that time. So then, you know, these Chinese balloons come along and they're the, they look identical to the Googaloos. And here we are, you know, all freaking out. I mean, I'm sorry. I just, I get really upset with ufology for even considering that this might be UFOs when they're moving in a pattern, slow pattern, and they're not doing anything. Hey, a UFO, it winks out, it, it comes back, it moves at astronomical speeds. It, it is nothing like we have here on this planet. I'm sorry, I've seen too many of them. I've seen things that, that blow people's minds. But those things are not UFOs. <laughs> I can tell you that right now. Well, Unless they're, you know, okay, now wait. I just realized something, Dave. Yes. They could be UFOs. And they could be what they want us to see. Now that might be a reality. I don't know. I haven't even thought about that. Well, what you, do you think? I don't think so at all. I think. Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, I don't either, but look, this, whatever. This is what I know. Take the American side out of it. I'm going strictly on the Canadian side right now. Okay. Yeah, what are you guys doing about it? The, the Canadian Minister of Defense, Anita Anand, came out and stated that the craft they shot down was cylindrical. And it was about uh it was about you know the size of a small car. No Is man, that the one they're calling the business balloon? Uh, w- one of them. I don't know. This is the one that was shot down okay. up in the, up in the Yukon that they're claiming that they're not going to be able to find, right? Even though they had... Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR. Time. Talent. Benefits. Payroll. ADP. Always designing for people. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR. Time. Talent. Benefits. Payroll. ADP. Always designing for people. A a uh, research plane, a, a P-3 Orion in the U.S. Up here, we call them CP-140 Auroras. Okay, that that was circling the area where this action was taking place. So, yeah, they can't find it. Oh, BS. Right. Yeah. So but the idea behind that I'm seeing it is that she said that Anita Anand stated that this was a metallic object. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't hear this part. Yeah. Yeah. It it was about the size of a car and uh, that they didn't know. You know that they had to be careful because they didn't know really where it was from or or anything, but and that Canada was going to retrieve it and then break it down. Okay. So now when, that when you, could when, have been a UFO. Not at forty. I mean, mi- not at forty. Know. Not at forty miles an hour. It was going. Oh, it was only going forty miles an going, hour. It was going forty miles an hour. Yeah, and was it moving in a steady pattern? Yeah, I mean, it was pretty much going straight. Uh, I doubt it, then. I really doubt it. Every UFO I've ever seen, you guys, it either stops 
or it's going. <laughs> There's no like, I'll just mosey along at 40 miles an hour. I've never seen that, you know? So anyhow, well, I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not impressed by the way anybody handled it. And I'm certainly not impressed by the way ufology handled any of it. And if that, if the Canadian one in the Yukon is a UFO, I'm excited for them. I hope they got one, you know, I hope they got one to study, you know, I'd love it if they would come out and say, it really was a UFO. Yeah, unfortunately, <laughs> unfortunately, that is uh, not going to happen. That is not. I know. You know, I, I, know. I want it. I want it to. By the way, interesting point here, just a little bit off topic, but on a tweet today, this was pointed out to me, and I went and checked it while you were speaking. On a tweet today, Enigma Labs, you know, and everybody's questioning, and we've questioned about the yeah. Enigma Labs. Well, they have reports of all of the uh, of all of the objects that have been shot down. But here's something mm-hmm. that Enigma Labs has now done is they have shut down any type of reply on their tweets. So if you, they are not following you or mentioned, you cannot reply to their tweets. Does that get a little bit more suspicious, people, about this Enigma Labs that says that they're they're wanting to be all of this, everything that we've told you over the last few weeks? That's just... Did uh, we find out uh, their mission statement and all this? I mean, we still know that that rich guy owns them, right? I can't remember his name right now. Yeah, yes. And... And do we know what his agenda is? Have we figured well, that out? What we do know about Mr. Billionaire, we know he put between mm-hmm. five and seven million into Enigma. We know that he, with his other companies, has contracts, including defense contracts. Mm-hmm. Look, anybody who reports to Enigma, your, your stuff is going right to the U.S. government. Of course. Abs- yeah, it's obvious. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't report anything to Enigma. I have no problem saying that. I don't trust them. I don't want my audience getting screwed over like that. Yeah, I'm not sure anymore to, at this point in time that we really need to be reporting anything. I know that sounds crazy coming from a MUFON person, <laughs> but... I mean, I, if you give your, if you have a contact with an ET and a ship and you're just like, oh my God, I've had the most amazing experience and you report it to MUFON, I think that would be about the only place I would report it these days. Well, you know, but, yeah, go ahead. Well, let me ask you this then. Uh, Dave McDonald, the executive director of MUFON, has been spending a lot of time recently in Washington, D.C., and they hired a lobbying company, lobbying company well, too. They did. You know that, right? They called A10 Associates. Okay. Yep. Now, my question to you as a longtime MUFON member, how do you feel about A10 Associates CEO and founder, Jessica Beeson Taco, mm-hmm. now becoming a member of the board of directors of MUFON? I, it bothers me. It's bothered me since it happened. I don't know how to address it yet. I still am digesting it. I was with Stephen Bassett last weekend, and I said to Stephen, I, and he can repeat this a million times, I said, they should have hired you. If they were going to hire a lobbyist, it should have been you. You were a lobbyist. You know what you're doing. 
you're a MUFON member, you're a supporter of MUFON. If anybody was going to represent MUFON to the federal government, it should have been you. And they didn't. They hired a, people who know nothing about ufology, which scares me half to death. I mean, what, what are they thinking? I, you know, I haven't had a chance to call Dave and ask him what he was thinking yet. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to pass judgment. Maybe there's a good reason I don't know about yet. And I will, I can call Jennifer. I can call a lot of people, Tom, you know, whatever. And ask them if they know what's going on. Have you had Tom on since this happened? No. Tom, by the way, let's give a shout out to Tom Whitmore. His 70th yes. birthday today. 70th oh, birthday. happy birthday. Yes. So, I mean, the the idea behind it all is, is this. You know, we know with MUFON, they have been for years trying to get the government to pay attention, the United States government to pay attention to them. And there's a lot of information that MUFON has. A lot of information. And you know what? A lot of people, such as yourself included, will say, look, anybody, if you pay the fee, doesn't matter whether you're CIA, NSA, or you work at the the local pub. That's right. Anybody can get the information as long as you pay the fee, right? Which yep. is easy. But how do you feel about this direction and I've talked to a lot of MUFON people recently about this, but I'll ask you, uh, how do you feel about this direction that MUFON really wants to get? I don't want to use the term get in bed because that sounds slimy, but, you know, get closer. Well, to- they want to be they want to be the government's go to people for information and corroboration. See, what people don't understand is MUFON has had the star team forever. And they would love to get the star team working with the military out there really getting their hands on the nuts and bolts stuff um, and touching a UFO. I mean, I think that's been, and I hate to use the word, it's kind of crass, but that's been MUFON's wet dream forever. And they used to, way back in the day, the government did go to them. I know on a couple of occasions that there was nobody else to help them. At, at that time, the government was still, you know, just getting over Project Blue Book. They weren't really, you know, their way of handling it in the 60s was let's go in and scrape everything up and take it to a hangar. That's how they would handle it. Whereas MUFON started a protocol where they would go in and they would really interview the people involved on a very extensive level with psychologists and what have you. They would get the materials. They would take them off to scientists that they had working for them. They would do a lot more kind of like a pedestrian working on it, whereas the military, you know, the military would go in and just kind of take a swath out of it all and put it in a container and say, now what do we do with it, you know, because they really weren't ready for that kind of thing. They weren't built for it. Even when Heineck was running it, they were still asking themselves questions about, you know, how does it fly? <laughs> I mean, things like that. Whereas MUFON had kind of in a weird way already graduated beyond that to the point where they were going, well, we know it does this. We know it was that. We have scientists involved. And, you know, they were a little more, um, you know, I want to say boots on the ground. And the government kind of at that point, I would say by the early 70s, stopped asking them questions and went off their own direction, got their own scientists. 
And if it wasn't for MUFON, in a weird way, the government would never have started doing all the things they do around ufology. They would never have gone to Bigelow. They would never have done all this if it hadn't been for MUFON back in the 60s. Because they started in 1969. By 1973, the star team had already handled a few things for them. I know this. This is a fact. I can't tell you how I know. But um, the military thought, you know, we can do this. We don't need MUFON for any of this stuff. We're not going to go to them. And so I think they just want to get back working with them again. I think that they complement each other very well. They're both doing very different things. So anyhow, that's my opinion. I understand that. I think, you know, and as I've said on this show, and I even said it on the last roundtable that you were on, as we got about a minute to go here, Lorian, before we got to go to break, I think MUFON, in my opinion, has taken the wrong turn on here because I would love to see them be more of an advocate for the people than trying to be a, a, a UFO chaser for the U.S. government. To me, that, that doesn't bode well or sit well with me. You know, never mind, hey, the government's going to get your information one way or another. They're going to get your story one, right. way, one way or another. Okay, that's that's their easy part. But there is nobody advocating for the experiencers. There's nobody advocating for them in the media or against the government or against, you know, disclosure. And mm-hmm. MUFON, in my opinion, had a great opportunity to do that. They may still in the future. But for right I now... I don't yeah, see I thought happening. they were doing that. Anyhow, we'll talk about it when we get back, right? Uh, well, we could talk about that and a lot more. We'll also take some audience questions if you're in one of our chat rooms or on Twitter tonight at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. Lorian Fenton from UFOCon 2023 is our guest. Her event May uh, March 19th or 17th through 19th in San Francisco, UFOCon2023.com where you can get tickets SPKR23 your promo code for cheaper tickets coming up next alright who did I miss I Roger and Kim Jellin nice to see you and uh, we are caught up right now Lorian what I'm going to do we're going to take a quick break here I'm going to put okay. you, I'm going to put you back in the green room. Don't disconnect or anything cuz I'll be able to see okay. you. Okay. Uh but uh we'll be right back here guys. <clears throat> I'll be right back.
We'll bring Lorian back in here. Hello, Lorian. Remember, we're Leprechaun sightings to Wilford Brimley 2.0. Leprechaun sightings. Ooh, cool. Love leprechauns. Christopher Branham, how you doing? And uh, who else is here? If you're listening new, do us a favor. It really helps with our algorithms. Give us a thumbs up. Leave a comment below what you think is going on. And you know what? Hit that subscribe button. Ring the bell. Uh, If this is your first time listening, we are a hybrid of a live radio show, which is why we have to take the breaks and because we have to time out for our radio stations and then uh, we are live uh, on podcast networks and and uh, youtube here and twitch as well so that's why we are kind of taking a break if you're sitting here wondering what the hell's this youtube channel taking a break for well that's the reason why so we just want to get you all up to date and understanding of why we do things the way we do around here we are a little bit different but that's okay that's okay. Most pe- a lot of people log out, then log back in, you know, because they're taking a break as well. Oh, hey, Clam. How you doing? And uh, Nikki Kneecaps, how you doing? Welcome back. Ross Lambda, good to see you. And uh, Lorian Fenton is our guest tonight. And, uh, yeah, random guy says he's going to come on. Bears eat beets. How you doing, buddy? Good to see you. Been a while. Doesn't random guy come on at the end of the show? Yeah, he comes on near the end. Random guy is just some random guy we we happen to meet, and and uh, sometimes he knows things, sometimes he doesn't. <laughs> Maverick, how you doing? Good to see you. Maybe one day in a couple of years we'll get a uh, random guy speaking at your conference. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah, all right. I love random guys. Random guy. All right, here we go, everyone. Hour two. You're listening to Spaced Out Radio with Dave Scott. Follow Dave on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio and on Facebook, Spaced Out Radio Show. Hour number two of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hi to everyone listening in on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, Talk Stream Live, KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Cachet. Cachet is your password. Use it wisely, space travelers, as the clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot. Read the Newswire. Check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. From UFOCon2023.com, Lorian Fenton, who's also a member of MUFON. She's an author, researcher, experiencer of everything unknown. Lorian is with us again tonight to kind of break down all the things that are going on in the UFO world right now. And it is nuts out there. It is crazy. Lorian, welcome back. 
Well, thank you for having me tonight. I love it. And your person here uh, who gave you the super five bucks there, uh, Zanamax, um, she says, or he says, I wish we had were able to get day tickets for UFO Con in San Francisco, not the whole weekend. Well, folks, I open up the day tickets about a week before the event, and they're kind of pricey, but they're worth it. Now, what I tell everybody to do is share your ticket. Buy a $125 ticket, and then go on Saturday and give your friend the ticket for the rest of the weekend, and they go on Sunday, and then you've paid, you know, and you can go on Friday night too or whatever, and you're getting, you know, two and a half days for the price of two day tickets, a lot cheaper. So, I mean, get creative, you know. Give your friend a gift or make him pay for half the ticket. <laughs> that's what I always do. And uh, that's just a fun way to do it. It saves you a lot of money. So it says right on the website, if you want to share your ticket, I have no problem with that. You just got to let me know who the person is using it. Okay, so there's that option. But yes, I will open up day seats um, as soon as I figure out how many full weekend tickets I have sold. Then I can open it up because I, you know, I only have so many seats left. So we're a very small event. Uh, we only have 250 tickets that we can sell. So we got to be careful. But anyhow, we'll have them there for you. Don't worry. You can make it. You can get there. <laughs> you, just do it. Just do it. Just get there. Lorian will make it happen. Lorian will make it happen. Oh, yeah. no, Nobody gets turned away, right, Dave? That's right. Nobody gets turned away, even if it's ticket number 251 out of 250. That's right. Yeah. I'll sit out in the hallway if I have to. Exactly. Exactly. Lorian, while we're waiting for some audience questions to come on in for you tonight, you know, ufology, as we stated in the last hour, has really been turned upside down about the whole disclosure movement because the word aliens and extraterrestrials did come up in the last 12 days. And You can start saving and investing for your kids in the time it takes to make their lunch. Download the Acorns app, open an account in just five minutes, and give their money a chance to grow. Investment advisory services offered by Acorns Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Count on the professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts to recommend the best products for your vehicle and budget. Get maximum cooling system performance for 10 years or 300,000 miles with peak long-life universal pre-mixed antifreeze and coolant. Save $7 after mail-in rebate, plus get two times O-Rewards points. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Limit supplies. See store for details. And you know as well as I do that this isn't something that is a joking matter for those of us who are involved in this. And it really looked like, you know, even though it may have been part of the propaganda of it all, it really looked like they were talking seriously that we cannot rule out anything from outer space or, or time travel or anything along those lines. I mean, in your opinion... Was this the first real serious conversation about extraterrestrials in front of the press? Well, you know, it was interesting that they brought up those topics, I have to say. And I I wondered, this is just me being the paranoid person I am, I wondered if it wasn't on purpose to distract us from the fact that there was a lot of crazy espionage going on with China. Okay, I mean... 
they don't want us worried about war with China because I, I'm worried that they don't know how they're going to handle this, this event. You know, I know how China handled it. They got out there and said, those were our balloons. And, and yes, they're weather balloons, but you guys do it all the time to us, you know? So, um, so there, what do you do? I mean, it's, it, it might have been just a little bit of a distraction to keep people from really thinking about the, the implications of us shooting down China's balloons when they haven't shot down ours. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of politics going on here that aren't being addressed. And I'm glad they did it. You know, um, I would rather they do that when it's really appropriate, like with the Nimitz stuff. That would have been much more interesting if they'd come out when the Nimitz things were happening and said, oh, yes, we don't have a clue what that is. Could be, you know, aliens. It could be stuff from another dimension. We don't know. You know, that would have been better. But, hey, I'll take what I can get. I'm happy they even did it. (laughs) Do you think we'll ever get the gun camera footage of these? I don't think so, no. I mean, if we do, it'll be a long time. And, well, you know, I take that back, Dave, because I thought about that the other day. I thought, well, they showed it to us. You know, we we actually got zoomed in from the ground with telescopes and stuff, and we did see pretty much what they were. You know, the only one we don't know about is the one over the Yukon, right? We haven't gotten real footage of that, correct? Well, I believe there is footage there, but I I don't think the Canadian government is going to release it yeah yeah but no i mean we had in the news you could see these things i mean you could see the shapes you could see them the balloon i mean you could see everything so you know really what's the point of you know i mean do we need it are you talking about the gun camera footage on the nimitz no the gun camera footage of these drones being taken down yeah yeah no we'll never see it i don't think so um, and really what I'd rather see is the Nimitz footage to be honest with you. I want to see the, the stuff they confiscated after Gary Voorhees was looking at it. Cause he said it was mind boggling. You know, I talked to him. We, our conference in Laughlin was the first conference he ever spoke at and he was spilling his guts about what was going on. He hasn't said quite as much lately, but, uh, he said that footage was mind boggling. Because, you know, you got to remember, we're hearing what Favor told us and what Allison, or, or I think her name's Allison. Alec, I can't Alex it. Dietrich. Alex Dietrich. We're hearing what they said, and they put it to um, film. And they had all these, uh, like, uh, Beatty's movie that came out. They had all these 3D renderings, but Gary actually saw the footage of the real thing. Okay? We've never seen the real thing. So everybody keeps forgetting that. They think because they saw the movies and the renderings and the 60 minutes and the, and what have you, they all think they saw it, but they never saw it. Those were all made-for-movie renderings. And Gary saw the real thing, and he said it was mind-boggling. So so I there can, you go. That's what I want to see. I, I, I want to see that, too. I, I absolutely want to see that. I think the world deserves to see that. And unfortunately, you know, this is why I keep telling our audience, we are not in a disclosure movement. And it bugs me that everybody believes, you know, all all of UFO Twitter believes we're getting closer to disclosure. Disclosure means letting everything out. 
letting everything exactly. out. Okay, we're not going to get everything. We're gonna, not going to know about if Eisenhower met with aliens and traded humans for technology. We're not going to know about crash retrievals. We're not going to know if there is contact between UFOs right now and aliens right now and the U.S. government. We're not going to know if the government knows about alien abductions and who is being taken. That is disclosure. We're not going to know about Roswell. We're not going to know about Kecksburg. We're not going to know about Phoenix. That's disclosure. Mm -hmm. All they are doing is confirming that the phenomena is there, which leads to our next question that we're the only ones who've been asking this question on this show, and that is why now? Why now? Very good question. I've been asking that myself, and I agree with Mr. D. Weedy. Uh, instead of wag the dog, it was wag the alien. I totally agree with you. Um, but it was a very short-lived little wag the alien. You know, they just drug him out for a second, and they popped him back in his spacecraft. Um, and uh, it was quite cute, actually. But um, I agree. I mean, I just don't think they're ever going to give us full disclosure. And I and I don't mean ever. Maybe 20 years from now, um, when, and I've told you this, Dave, a million times. The day that Tom DeLonge went on that stage and I saw the people that were behind him, I knew this was a slow burn rollout. I mean, we're talking, I've got to be dead before this is really going to happen. I'm 65 years old. I think they, it, it may happen when I'm 85 you know, at the at the earliest, but it is a 20-year rollout. They're, they want the older people who are not indoctrinated into the movies, into the the Twitter feeds, the, the what have you. They want us out of the way so that they can control the narrative with the younger people that have been on Facebook and Twitter and all these things since they were 10 years old and that they think they know how the alien world works, the, the, the UFO world works, and it's their agenda programming them and how to think about it. Okay, that's what we're doing here. Let's get to a couple questions from our audience here. And Paul E.T. is asking, is it to say, safe to say E.T. life is beyond violence and money worship? Uh, yes, absolutely. At least uh, my ETs and I that have talked with each other about money, they don't, I mean, I'm not going to go into other, you know, people that deal with ET, except for myself, and they have showed me a world where we can all be getting along and there is no need for money and violence. Because once you get to the point where you're actually telepathically communicating with others, or at least empathically communicating with others we have lost our empathy over the last hundred years i don't or two or three or four hundred years i don't know what happened but up until about uh the 16 i'd say 14 to 16 hundreds there was a lot more empathy between people and then war got very ugly <laughs> i think it i think it happened with the bronze age or whatever where we started making weapons that were pretty ugly um People lost empathy, and empathy is really the key here. Empathy leads to telepathy, and these are all interconnected. At least that's what they've told me. And when we get our empathy back, and we feel the things we're doing to others as much onto ourselves, the violence will stop. 
there's a lot of other things they told me about our, our mental capacity and what's happened with us is that we have become locked in our own mind and many people go insane because they don't like being alone uh, in their own thoughts and their own, you know, they can't handle themselves. They are not emotionally mature enough to handle their own thought process. Right. And um, it, it's a long, complicated download I got. But yeah, you're right. The real Poly T, it is safe to say ET life is beyond violence and money worship. They have nothing to do with it. They don't need it. Well, Lorian, I'm gonna, just going to stop you there for a quick second because in our chat room now, we, we I know you're a big hockey fan. We do have <gasps> we do have a Toronto Maple Leafs fan in the in the room here okay in our chat room and and you know they don't live in reality those people so we're gonna have to break things down a little bit more simple uh <laughs> because now there are toronto maple leafs fans listening in so you know just just wanted to get that out there wanted to get that out there not trying to hurt anybody's feelings or anything like that 67 people 1967 but i just wanted to uh, uh, get that out there just in case, you know. <laughs> yeah, Leafs and six. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. My poor sharks are doing terrible, but I still love them. Hey, my Canucks and your sharks are going for that first overall pick. Oh, probably. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's all they've got going we for them right now. <laughs> well, let me tell you something, Connor Bedard. Remember that name. He's he's a, okay. He's eighteen years old. He's already going to the Hall of Fame. Already. Going oh, to the Hall really? Of Fame. Okay. He's I'm looking amazing. forward to it. Yes. Yes. All right. Let's continue on here, as uh, we do have more questions. But we'll just uh, you know try and make it a little. Yeah, bit more. I'm ready for questions, you well, guys. I love questions. Like I said, there are Leaf fans listening now. So. You can start saving and investing for your kids in the time it takes to make their lunch. Download the Acorns app, open an account in just five minutes, and give their money a chance to grow. Investment advisory services offered by Acorns Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Membership fees apply after free trial. Cancel any time. Can I be real for a second? That goal you have to exercise and eat better, you really can do it. But nobody is going to do it for you. And nobody has to, because you can do it if you have the right tools and a community that cares about helping you get results. And that's us, Beachbody. It's as convenient as your TV or laptop, but you need to decide that you're worth it. Let us help you succeed. Here's how. Go to Beachbody.com to claim your free membership and start feeling great. we got to simplify <laughs> this. All right. got to break it down a lot, I know. Uh, DC is asking, have any private companies come forward to say that they were their object shot down? No, not as well. No, not a single company has come down. Not even a, a shell company for the CIA. They haven't come down either. So (laughs) Blackwater hasn't come forward. Nobody. I mean, we're in trouble. You got that right. I mean, you think somebody would have stood up if it was a business balloon. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That was my first thought was, well, if it's a business balloon, where's the business? You know, they'd have a press conference. Wouldn't you want to be that guy getting shot down? I mean, I'd be like, my God, my business is going to boom now. I'm going to get on a press conference. I'm going to say they shot down my UFO that I just created. You know, I'd be like, I'd be milking that one. Oh, absolutely. That's free press. It's free press. It's you know, yeah. you're going to get free airtime because every media outlet's going to come down there, 
put your company up front and say, you know, what do you think about your your balloon getting shot down? Well, I hope exactly. the government pays me back for this, but all the free advertising, that's that, that free marketing cannot be bought. That's right. And that's why I thought maybe it wasn't really a, you know, I thought it might. There's a there's just a little piece of me that prays it was a real UFO day. Praise, you know. <laughs> but I doubt it. We'll see. Oh, I hear you. Let's go to another question here from our audience. Let's go to Grandmaster, the gong show. How do you think cra- the craft uses advanced physics? Wow, God. You know, you're asking the dumbest person on the planet there, Grandmaster. Um, I will tell you guys a quick story if Dave will let me. Um, sure. I was uh, laying in bed one night, and they came to me, and they took me to uh, Einstein's office at Harvard University back in the 40s or whatever. And I sat at his desk all night, and he was on a chalkboard. He was teaching me all these advanced physics. I mean, it was unbelievable. And I woke up, you guys, and I was so smart. I knew the answers to the universe. I knew how the spaceships flew. I knew how the sun worked. I knew every. I knew how gravity worked. I knew everything, and I knew that one and zero were the answer to everything that there was, and it was actually God. Okay, I mean, I knew this right. About a minute and a half later, I'm back. It's all gone, and I'm back to being as dumb as a rock. And I was so pissed because math is my worst thing in the whole world. And uh, and here I am a bookkeeper, right? So, <laughs> so I, was, I was so mad at them. I was standing there cursing them like, why did you make me stupid again like Lawnmower Man? You know, I was just so furious. And they said to me, someday in the near future, you're going to meet up with people in the government and scientists And we gave you enough residual knowledge that when they speak with you, you can actually understand just enough to be able to communicate it to other people, yourself, your radio show, you know, whatever it is you're doing, that you can communicate it to others and know what they're actually trying to get across to you. I was like, well, that makes sense. Okay, I'll take that, you know. But, you know, I really don't know – I know they use advanced physics, and but it's not the same physics we have here. If you were a scientist here, it would be, you know, American human physics or whatever. Um, but uh, in space or dimensions or wherever God is, it doesn't work like that, you guys. I'm sorry. There is no real science, if you want to call it that. It's just the way things function and they work together. And they have ways of making them... Uh, at least that I could figure out uh, with mathematics that and symbolism and voice and toning and um, frequencies that they all work together to create actual life. And uh, our DNA, and I learned this from somebody many years ago, his name was Beneful. That was his last name. And I don't know where he is. I met him at Contact in the Desert. I had him on my radio show once. And he told me in an interview that his space aliens had given him a download that our DNA was actually a circle. And it was snipped in half or snipped and cut to become a strand 
And because of that, it could not self-replicate itself and keep itself going forever. That's how in the days of Moses, or whenever they did their first tweak of us, um, they were living to 900, 1,000 years old. It's because their DNA can... The, the electrical current can go through it and keep itself replicating for a much longer period of time. It doesn't start breaking down as easily. And uh, the, my aliens told me the same thing on a, uh, you know, in another mathematical level, that our DNA was never meant to be a, a strand because it starts breaking down and falls apart, what they call almost instantly. To them, 80 years is instantly, you know. So, um, and it wasn't the good guys who did that to us, by the way. So that's all I can tell you about that. So I hope I answered your question a little bit. Love it. Love it. I think you did a great job. Let's move on to uh, the real Pauly T. Can you tell us, will John uh, Tavares ever win a Stanley Cup? No, no. (laughs) The Leafs won't get out of the first round. The Leafs will not get out of the first round. Even with acquiring, uh, who did they acquire? Ryan. Oh, I'm having a Stanley. Oh, I know who you're talking about. I just saw him play a few weeks ago. Yeah, they just made a big trade with St. Louis. Yeah, yeah. Ryan O'Reilly. There we go. You know. So let me ask. You're a Jets fan, right? No, I'm a I'm a Canucks and Oilers fan. Oilers fans in '79. Oh, okay, okay. Canucks fans since Got I, it. Uh, since I used to cover them that's true okay i remember now yeah. so what uh, you, oh, well, no, wait let's talk about the kraken what do you think about them i love their uniforms love their uniforms. i do too they're gorgeous <laughs> uh beachy would like to know if space satellites are real why are we using balloons well they do different things very different things as a matter of fact i was reading up on them this last week and the balloons can do atmospheric measurements, and uh, they they can do uh, humidity, and they can do all these things. Once you get up in the space, it's all about um, digital communications and uh, and uh, satellite communications. In other words, feeds to like you know television studios and radio broadcasting, and you know it's a whole different type of uh, communication set. And uh, they do need to do uh, these aerial um, ballooning, you know, weather balloon things. They do need to do them because they, they're measuring pollution up there. They're measuring all kinds of things. It's, it's quite fascinating, actually. That's right. And uh, on that note, Lorian, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. Hard to believe we only have you for another 30 minutes here on Spaced Out Radio. This show is flying on by. Lorian Fenton is our guest tonight. We're talking everything UFOs tonight on the big show. And she is the creator, owner, host of UFOCon2023.com in San Francisco, March 17th through 19th. Get your promo code SPKR23. Go use it. Get your tickets. I'll see you down there in just a few short weeks. Spaced Out Radio continues right after this. Stay tuned. Mm -hmm. Christopher Branham from the Ohio State. He's a Buckeye. The Ohio State. Love the Ohio State. Love it. 
Guy Calgary or Guy Calgary. That's a good comment right there. Strong comment. Oh, that is a strong comment. Mm-hmm. By the way, the Leafs gave up way more for Ryan O'Reilly, and they could have had a 50-goal scorer, Bo Horvat. What a horrible trade the Canucks made for Horvat. My God. Really? I didn't I didn't know about that. Uh, random guy. Yes, I've been an Oilers fan since 1979, their first game in the NHL. Love my Oilers. Mm-hmm. Portland Buckaroos is what I grew up on, Western Hockey League. I remember that. I'm a lot older than you. I, yeah, <laughs> but I actually remember the Portland Buckaroos. You're kidding me. And, and the, oh, my God. And the Seattle Breakers. Yes, and the Oakland Seals. Yep. And the LA Kings were part of it, too, I think, if I remember correctly. Oh, that's a long time ago. Long time ago. I was in the sixties when I was watching hockey. Before we had the National Hockey League. Well, they, there was the Western Hockey League, which actually was a pro league. And that's now Yeah, that's that's, that's the Buckaroos. Yeah, yeah the Buckaroos of Seattle and yeah, everybody was in that. That's now uh why are they called the Oilers, Dave? Because Alberta is filled with oil. Alberta has the lar- uh, the largest oil reserve outside of OPEC. That's true. Yeah. And our idiot country wants... You can start saving and investing for your kids in the time it takes to make their lunch. Download the Acorns app, open an account in just five minutes, and give their money a chance to grow. Investment advisory services offered by Acorns Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. To shut that down because they hate Alberta. Everybody hates Alberta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Hanson brothers of the Iron League. That's right. God, I gotta watch Slapshot again. Oh, I love Slapshot. I think I'm gonna do that. Yeah, once a year, and like break out the beer, and I actually watch it. I actually think it's time for me to introduce my son to Slapshot. He's nine. Oh my god, he's, he's nine. Yeah, good enough. He'll get most of it. Oh yeah, yeah, yep. You gonna show him the Paul Newman uh, booby shot in oh, of the course. bedroom? Of course. <laughs> Hanrahan. Oh, <laughs> oh god. Who is that? Susie Schwartz? Susie? God, I can't remember her name. The actress. I was 19 years old and I got absolutely pickled with at a at a big hockey event with uh, um, the guy who played uh, where they said, Dave's a killer. Dave's a mess. <laughs> Dave's a killer. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. That's why like on my, on my Dave 101, you'll actually hear at the end, I put Dave's a killer. Dave's a mess. 
It's from Slapshot. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. So now are we on YouTube live right now? Yeah, we're live on YouTube right now. Cool. Yep. Uh, Hockey season up here usually ends around March. Hi, Ann B. Watching from Edmonton. That's right. I had no idea you were from Edmonton. How are the uh, Calgary Flames doing this year? I haven't really paid any attention They're to They're struggling. They are, yeah. Well, that'll be a good game between them and the Sharks soon, then. They're both struggling. <laughs> oh, yeah. But uh, the main thing is, I think Calgary, Edmonton will make the playoffs. I really do. Ah, okay. Well, I'm looking forward to the playoffs this year. Yeah, my Canucks will not. <clears throat> That's okay, though. It's okay. Maybe next year the Canucks and the Sharks will go at each other and we can meet halfway. and Or maybe I'll come up to a Vancouver game. I haven't been to a game in years. i, I got to get back down there for one. Yeah, I miss going to my games. But, you know, it's tough because the television... Coverage is so much better than being there, practically. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's hard. Give me one second here, Lorian. I want to say thank you to W. David Page, Lala Cat, Lara, Deb, Neuron, Bob, Pam H, Zen2, Pam S, and Zanime times three, Jenny. Uh, who is that? I can't read my light writing there. Margo, Jeff, Squirrel, and Christopher. Thank you so much. Here we go with the next half hour. the halfway point of Spaced Out Radio tonight. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears. I want to remind you that if you miss portions of this show or others, check out our free archives by going to youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor. Hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. We continue on to the top of the hour. Lorian Fenton from UFOCon2023.com is here. Her conference, March 17th through 19th in San Francisco. It is live, so you can get tickets for it on the website. I will be down there. Many others who have been guests on this show will be down there, like Science Bob, who will be speaking, Melinda Leslie, John Yost, who was recently on the air, and many, many others. And we look forward to hopefully seeing you there. Lorian, thank you so much. And there is a promo code for your tickets, SPKR23. Make sure you use it. Thank you, Lorian, for being here tonight. Oh, I'm happy to be here. I need more questions, you guys. Come on, let's throw them at me. All right, <laughs> let's go to Beachy. Uh, if space satellites are real, why are we using balloons? Well, I think we just answered that kind of because satellites do completely different things. And, and trust me, 
there are a lot of military satellites up there making sure that we're being, you know, well watched. There's cell phone satellites. They're all doing, you know, their jobs up there. There are, oh, there's television satellites, military satellites. I mean, it goes on and on. The balloons, as I mentioned before, are used for mostly weather. Apparently, they're now being used for observation as well. Um, and, uh, you know, they may be even be used in the future for dropping some kind of EMP little bombs or who knows. I don't know what they're up to with, you know, these high-flying weather balloons, but uh, they have been used in the past up until recently, I guess, to be used to measure weather and um, pollution and humidities and jet streams and and all kinds of things. So they, and they have to because they, they're at a lower altitude. They're not up in um, the upper atmosphere. So, you know, we have to use them. Pixie Lara is asking, Lorian, have you received a similar message about a return from all your downloads? A return of aliens, that would be. Oh, um, hi, Laura. Um, I, you know, the return is a very interesting word that you use that because what they told me is they never left. (laughs) They're always here. And the other part to that is they're always in communication with whoever that they're in communication with. And that time, and this is my biggest download, and I've got to get my book out about this. This is so important. My last big download was in three parts. It was about two years ago now, maybe a little longer. And the last part of that was that time travel was the answer to everything that we ask about aliens here on this planet right now. That time travel is the answer because time, what they showed me is that time is everything all at once and that they never really did leave because they're always in communication with us from many different dimensions at the same time and many timelines of our own lives. Like they showed me at one point about a bleed through of one, like they explained it to me as one shift over from this reality that I live in now that I'm aware of in my 3D reality. I was laying in bed and I heard myself on the phone, come in the front door of the house, and I was wearing high heels, and I was wearing a dress, which I hardly ever wear anymore. I was a lot thinner, and I was just in one reality over. I was in the same house, and I walked into the kitchen. I put on water for tea. I could hear myself doing all this. I heard myself talking on the phone. I had a different job. I I knew I had a different job. Um, I was still working for a corporation, and I... And I laid there and I knew I was in the house. What had happened was I had bled into my other dimension and they let me do that just to prove to me that there are so many, there are thousands of dimensions of Lorian's, thousands of dimensions of Dave. And they can be in different times, they can be in different uh, realities, but what they were trying to prove to me is that some of them are so similar to what we're in right now that if we came across it and we slipped into it and might not even know the difference. I've slipped into two different time zone time time slips because I went I went driving down the street of my neighborhood and a house was not there that was there the day before and I went back the next night and it was there again. 
So I've I have slipped in and out of time zone or timelines, and uh, yeah, I've had a lot of strange things. I know most of you know about um, when I saw that house appear from the 1800s in an empty lot, walking home from school when I was about eight years old with a friend. Um, yeah, so time travel really is the key because they never left. They were they're always here. They're always communicating. They're in they're in another one reality over dimension. And I, and if it, I can expand upon this just a little more, Dave, um, I was told by a gentleman many years ago that he worked for the CIA and he couldn't tell me a whole lot, but he did tell me this. He said, the gray aliens don't always take us on a ship. It may look like a ship and what we think is a ship. But in many cases, it is what they call the slots. That's S-L-O-T-S. And that is another dimensional space that engulfs our own space where they have built what I consider like a holodeck. And they take us into that, and we think we're on a ship, we think we're doing all that, because they're not very, you guys can remember something, they're not very creative. <laughs> They aren't going to build a set like a TV studio so you think you're in your own house. Maybe they would. I don't know. But mostly they build these this construct of an of a ship. And we get in there and we go into these rooms and we're, you know, we're examined, we're this and we're that. And then we're popped back into our reality. Um, and we think we have been like on a ship or done this or done that. In reality, we've just been teleported into a holodeck type of situation. So they showed that to me as well. I mean, I've seen some amazing technologies that, that are mind blowing and people say, well, Lorian, are you just make that up because you've seen Star Trek or you know, whatever? And um, maybe I did, you know, I don't know, but I really believe it's very different for me when they contact me and when they take me and they show me these things, it feels very real. And um, I believe them, you know, and hey, I have I have no way to prove them wrong at this point. <laughs> oh, and the last thing I want to say about that is um, there is a movie out called Midnight Special about a little boy named Alton. And if you watch that movie, you get a very good idea of what the slots would be like or what that other dimension might be like. It is probably my favorite paranormal kind of E.T. movie out there. And I cry every time I watch it. I just love that movie. So I hope you guys watch it too. It's called Midnight Special about a little boy named Alton. It was made in 2016. And it's not the old Midnight Special of the 90s or 80s or whatever. Okay? So just find it, watch it. You'll love it. Rock and roll, rock and roll. Let's uh, let's move on to another question here. This one comes from Joseph. Do you have any resonance with Baba Vanga and her prophecies for 2023 20, to 2030? Oh, God, who is she? I don't even know about this. I'm so out of it, you guys. I work like five jobs, and I never, uh, I don't even know who that is. What is the prophecy? Does anybody know? Can they tell me? I am looking. She looks Ukrainian. If she's going by Baba, she's definitely Ukrainian. Oh, she's from Bulgaria. And she was born October 3rd, 1911, passed away in 1996. And uh, her 2023 predictions let's take a look at some of them here according uh to this media site she's like uh 
She was like Nostradamus, allegedly predicted 9-11 and the rise of Donald Trump. Uh, so let's see here. Apparently this year there's going to be a devastating solar storm. And it's hmm. going to be the most re- dramatic since the Carrington event of 1859. And let's see, what else is there going to be? Uh, there could be a change in Earth's orbit uh, uh, going around the sun. This is a particularly fascinating prophecy, which could have ramifications. And, yeah, the radical shift occurred over the course of a single year for whatever reason. A bioweapon atrocity she called for, to be carried out by a big country. This arguably one of the more viscerally disturbing predictions ever, ever provided by the prophetess. Yeah, uh, considering the heated geopolitical context right now. What else does she say here? Well, that's all they're giving. That's all they're giving, because that's all they ever talk about. That's enough. Don't you think that's enough, Dave? Well, I do, <laughs> I'm actually hoping for the whole sun event, because... I'm going to get some crazy-ass awesome uh, northern lights here then. (laughs) You will, you will. Well, uh, now, very interesting. I actually have heard of her before now that you've mentioned all this. And my ETs told me that between 2022 and 2025 would be the hardest years of my life. I didn't know what they meant by it at the time, and they just said, you know, strap in, it's going to be difficult. Now I know that you know, we got problems coming and whatever. And um, I, you know, I, I hope she's wrong. I really hope she's wrong because I've been working with a group called, um, oh gosh, I can't see, the EMP Task Force. And I've been doing a little bit of marketing and helping them out. And I got some of the guys on Coast to Coast and things like that. Anyhow, point is, they are warning the world about an EMP pulse, whether it be military or the sun. And uh, they've got two new movies out that I'm going to be starting to promote after my conference. And, uh, and I just, I have a gut feeling that she might be right about the sun part of this because something's been telling me to work with these people and really, you know, do as much as I can to help out because it's very easy to harden our grid folks. And it's also very easy to stop an EMP pulse from destroying many things. If you know, it's coming and you turn everything off and that includes the electrical grid. We have to talk these companies into shutting down and we, they have to be able to do it without, you know, um, how do you (laughs) repercussion? Most of them won't do it. This is something most people don't even know about. This EMP task force has been trying to work with, uh, like, um, uh, what's the company in California? PG&E. They've been trying to work with PG&E to say, look, we want to put a government mandate in that says if we know an EMP strike is coming from the sun and we've got 24 hours notice that you guys shut down your grid and they're refusing to do it. If the grid is on, everything that we know is going to get killed. I mean, literally explode, and things are going to catch on fire. We'll have firestorms. People don't understand. An EMP pulse, when it hits here, yeah, you know, you knock out your electricity for, you know, until you rebuild it. But that's not the real aftermath. The aftermath is all the transformers blowing up, all the hot oil blowing out of these things, all the fires that are going to ensue. It's going to make, uh, you know, 
you know, 1906 in San Francisco looked like a cakewalk or the turkey thing that's happened right now, you know? I mean, seriously, we're going to, we're going to burn up and that's what I worry about. But anyhow, um, yeah, anyhow. Let's go on to Nancy here. What's the difference between dimensions and time? Well, there isn't much difference. That's the problem. And that's why I said they left me dumb as a rock after they taught me all this stuff. Because I can't tell you the difference. I can tell you this, though. They're interwoven and they're the same thing. Um, And when people talk about time-space, I guess that is interwoven in there as well. Um, You know, I got a good friend named Marshall Barnes that swears he's going to time travel me out of here. And back to 1972, and I'm very excited about it. But he says it's all about just changing um, your frequencies and your um, your the vibration of your body at some point, and then you're just popped right into another time. So I don't know. Supposedly they live very close together and intertwined with each other. All right, hope Liz- that helps. Let's go over to Jeff here. Jeff is asking, Lorian, what do you think of the Lyrans being our ancestors? I believe it's true. I believe we have many ancestors. I believe that we've been tweaked genetically by many different species. I, you know, because again, they're all happening at the same time. There could be a, a Atlanteans in one timeline, Lyrans in another, Plagiarans in another. Uh, the raptors and another, I mean, they're all happening at the same time. So, and I can actually wrap my head around this concept. I, I, you know, and that sounds nuts, but I have been able to do it lately. And it's just, it's very interesting to me. Um, I believe that they are our ancestors. I believe that many different species out there are our ancestors and they don't all come here from another ship or whatever. They can actually pop in and out of dimensional time space, if that's what you want to call it. And they can breed with us, change us, and then pop back into their reality. And just, you know, they come here to party. What can I say? <laughs> well, let's get to another question here. This one comes from Thin Lizzie. Someone said my manifesting my cat was like a story of yours with a rabbit. Can you tell that? Oh, my God, my rabbit story. Jeez. Okay, I'm six or Yeah, I think I was about six years old. It's 1963, and uh, we went to the Multnomah County Fair up in Portland, Oregon, and uh, my grandfather was looking for another sheep. My grandmother was looking at the baking goods, and my little sister was with us, and uh, she was just tagging along because she was very little. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, So... My grandfather took off for the sheep pens and I got plopped over by the rabbits and the girl and boy, they were sister brother team had just won first place with this big black rabbit. And, uh, I asked if I could hold it. My grandfather said, sure, sure. Go ahead. I'm going to go over here. I'll be back in a while. So I sit on the ground in the cedar shavings holding this rabbit and I fell in love with this rabbit. I mean, there was no, it was like I instantly became part of the rabbit. Okay. So my grandfather comes back about 20 minutes later, maybe half hour. And um, he says, okay, it's time to go. We got to get moving. And um, 
I was start, I started crying. I was like, no, I can't leave my rabbit. I just, I love my rabbit. I'm not leaving him. Grandfather says, no, can't have a rabbit. I'm not building a hut. So there's no way this is going to happen. And, but he did look up at the, the sister and brother team and said, can we buy it? And they said, no, we're going to keep it. It's a breeding rabbit. It just won first place. And, you know, we're keeping it. And that was that. We get in the car. We're driving back home. Back in the old days, they had uh, the bench seat. You can start saving and investing for your kids in the time it takes to make their lunch. Download the Acorns app, open an account in just five minutes, and give their money a chance to grow. Investment advisory services offered by Acorns Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggish day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. And there were no seat belts, so you can, you know, you can do whatever you wanted in the car, folks. I know most of you don't even know what that concept is like. But anyhow, I'm hanging over the, the seat in the front, and I'm sliding back and forth between Grandma and Grandpa. I'm like, go to my grandmother, please, Grandma, tell Grandpa I want a rabbit. And she's like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And I go to Grandpa, please, Grandpa, build me a hutch. I want a rabbit. You get me a rabbit. No, no, no. So this happens all the way back until about six blocks to the house. At that point, I very loudly put my hands together and started praying to God because I'm now Catholic. I just started my first year at Catholic grade school, right? So I knew what to do. I knew if I prayed really loud in front of my grandparents, they would get me that rabbit, right? The guilt trip was coming already. So um, I'm praying, but something very interesting happened during that little prayer. I felt like a peace and a love that I can't even, it's so hard to explain to people, um, that was so profound that I thought everybody, when they prayed, this happened to them. See, that's another problem, but that's another story. And I'm praying, I feel so good, and I'm, and I'm now happy again, and I could care less really about the rabbit, but I knew I loved the rabbit, and it was all okay, right? It was just all over for me. So we pull into the driveway, of our farm back then and we had a gate and right beyond the gate there's a black blob and my grandfather's looking at it my grandmother's looking at it then they all start looking at me and i'm like what's going on and uh, i'm hanging over the seat still and the next thing i know my grandfather gets out opens the gate and there's a black rabbit that looks identical same size same ear same style same rabbit sitting there in the middle of the driveway and it just sits there. He picks it up. He brings it over to the car, puts it in my arms, and says, I guess I have to build that hutch after all. And that was that. But that was the day my grandmother told me many years later, I knew you had a gift. Whatever that is, The you know, who knows? I mean, you know, maybe I time traveled and I went over and took the rabbit out of a hutch and put it there. Who knows? You know? But, yeah, no, that's the story. I manifested a rabbit and... Uh, it was uh, it was fun. You know, what can I say? I really did love that rabbit for about three months. And then the kids who owned it actually found it and took it back. <laughs> it was a great lesson for That's me. hilarious. Just hilarious. I love it. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's go to Yosef here. 
Could these ships, constructs, or holodecks be the Merkabas we see in the sky sometimes? I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, that makes a lot of sense, Joseph. Um, I I sometimes wonder if um, what these ships are out there are just our manifestation of shapes and sizes and colors and silver and metal and you know, and these Merkaba, if you're talking about a, a geometrical shape of light, I, I'm starting to think that may be the actual interface that's happening with us and that, um, well, at least for some of the ETs. Because I do know that I have seen hard nuts and bolt ships myself, so I know they exist, but I'm starting to wonder if they aren't ours, if all of those aren't ours only or or at least uh, more physical ETs, like the reptilians or maybe the greys or what have you. Because I do know there's a whole spectrum of ETs out there. Because mine are mostly white light beings. I don't see greys or reptilians or anything like that. So mine are angels. What can I say? See that well, that one right there, little angel. <laughs> one more quick question. we got 90 seconds. Maverick is asking, is remote viewing another form of time travel or is it like astral travel? Well, they're the same thing again. And remote viewing is. I absolutely believe that. I was it's so funny you asked me that question. I was just on the phone with Russell Targ today. And uh, we were talking about uh, remote viewing and um, time travel and astral travel. They're all the same thing. Except. I will tell you this, astral travel usually happens when you're asleep and you actually physically come out of your body, if that's what we're talking about here, is that type of thing. So yes, it's different, but it kind of has the same outcome. You can get the same you know, information. All right, 45 seconds. Tell everybody about UFOCon. Oh, UFOCon2023.com. If you use the Davy special... You can get in for the whole weekend for $125, which is a great deal right now. And this code is SPKR23 for Speaker23. And uh, I hope to see you guys there. I really do. We have a lot of fun. If we do nothing else, we party all weekend and have a good time. So, And we eat UFO pancakes on Sunday night. <laughs> so I'm leaving Monday morning. I hope. I hope. No, I don't do breakfast for dinner. I will not eat the pancakes, but that's okay. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I'll eat something else. I'll eat something else. Lorian Fenton, my dear, my friend, my hero, my mentor, I will see you in a few weeks' time at UFOCon 2023, and thank you for coming on the show tonight. It's always a pleasure when you're on here. Thank you, sweetie. I really enjoy myself. Thanks a lot. Coming up next, little Timmy Senor returns for the UFO report. And there may be a random guy sighting a little bit later on in overtime. Spaced Out Radio continues with Hour 3 next. Stay tuned. We're clear. Thank you. Hey, that was fun. Thanks. Glad you had fun, my dear. Thank you for joining in. I love having questions from the audience. It's great. I like it, too. I like it, too. I will let you get some sleep. Make sure you listen to Random Guy later. I will. Um, I'm going to go back and start working on the website. I've got more things to add. Hey, can you do me a favor? Sure. Can you send me a banner for Spaced Out Radio for the website and the um, uh, 
the program that I got to sure. do this next week. Sure. Yeah, I'd really love that. That'd be great. All right, I can do that. And uh, I'm sorry I never got you a voiceover ad. I just, I've been so busy. Yeah. I just haven't had time to think. I, I but did, you've been I, promoting it, so. I did uh, I did book my flight two days ago. No, yesterday or two days ago. So Great. I, I'll, Good I'll, deal. I land it just after 12 on Friday the 17th, and then I leave Monday morning. Oh, okay, perfect. Just like last time. Yep, 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 yep. yep yeah, yep. I think you were on the same flights. I, I was earlier, but this time I don't have to do COVID checks, so I won't uh, be stuck at the airport for fourteen hours. Oh God, what a nightmare that was! Yes, huh? that's that really sucked. All right, Lorian, love you. Okay, sweetie, love you too. See Talk you to you later. Bye, Lorian Fenton. Everyone, I love her. Absolutely love her. All right, I'll be right back, guys. Stay tuned. Random guy, just make sure everything's random in the chat room. Little Timmy Senor, if you just look here quickly, I'll give you a few of these as a warm-up. There you go.
got about a minute left. Hey, if you haven't signed up for Vegas yet for our fan party in uh, May 19th to 21st at the Golden Nugget, what's holding you back? It's time. Get your email to info at spacedoutradio.com. It's on the ticker down below. Okay, info at spacedoutradio.com. Get your VIP tickets. We are shutting down VIP tickets as of May 1st. So if you're planning on coming or you're still debating, now's the time to do it. We got great guests coming like Lori and Fenton, Science Bob, Melinda Leslie, Jim Goodall, Michael Schratt, Merle is going to be there, Carter Bouchart, many, many more are going to be there to hang out with you guys. Even Random Guy is going to be there. Yeah. So, hi, Philip Baca. How you doing? So make sure if you're planning on going, it's time. Would you like to connect with us? Head to spacedoutradio.com for all your latest show info. Now, back to Dave Scott and SOR. Third and final hour of Spaced Out Radio is now underway. Good to have you with us. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. Hello to everyone listening in at on our terrestrial affiliates around North America, digitally on Odyssey Radio, TalkStream Live, and KPNL. All of our archives are free. Join us at youtube.com forward slash spaced out radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. The Desert Clam has set the password for tonight in the SOR Space Travelers Club. Cache. Cache is your password. Use it wisely, Space Travelers, as the Clam sets the password each and every night right here on Spaced Out Radio. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the news wire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio. Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio. It is time once again to head to the swamp. Our resident swamp dweller takes us on another spooky journey. Hi, Spaced Out Radio listeners. This is Swamp Dweller. It's time for your nightly dose of spookiness on the show. If you have an interesting encounter or a spooky story that you would like to share, be sure to submit them in at swampdweller.net. You can also find our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash swampdwellerreads. Now, let's chill out, relax, and together, let's enter the swamp. The Johnson family was on a road trip driving down a lonely highway at night. The moon was complete and the stars were out, casting an eerie glow over the landscape. The road seemed to stretch forever, with no sign of civilization. Suddenly, the car's headlights illuminated a figure on the side of the road. It was what looked to be a woman dressed in an old-fashioned gown with long, flowing hair. Mrs. Johnson gasped and asked her husband to pull over. But as they got closer, the figure suddenly vanished into thin air. The family was spooked but decided to continue on their journey. As they drove on, strange things began to happen in more earnest. The radio would switch on by itself, and they could hear whispers and footsteps coming from the back seat. The children were scared, and Mrs. Johnson was on the verge of tears. They realized that the woman they had seen on the side of the road was definitely a ghost. She had been killed in a car accident on the highway many years ago, and her spirits had been haunting the road ever since. 
The family tried to ignore the ghostly presence, but it became more and more persistent. The car's engine would suddenly fail, the headlights would flicker on and off, and they were trapped on this road with no escape from the ghost determined to torment them. Finally, the ghost revealed her true intentions. She wanted the family to suffer the same fate that she had, to die in a car accident on that same highway. The Johnsons were horrified and knew they had to escape quickly. They hit the gas pedal and sped down the street with the ghost chasing after them. But just as they thought they had escaped, they crashed into an abandoned car on the side of the road. The family was killed instantly, and, I'm assuming, their spirits joined their ghost haunting that highway for eternity. I'm driving down a deserted highway, surrounded by dense forest on both sides. It's getting late, and the sun has already set. I'm on my way after visiting a friend, and I'm exhausted. As I make my way through the winding roads just trying to get home, I hear a strange noise from the engine. The car starts to slow down, and before I knew it, it's completely stopped entirely. I tried to start the car up again, but it was no use. I'm stranded in the middle of nowhere, with no cell phone signal and no other vehicles in sight. I slowly began to crawl into a panic, wondering what to do. As I sit there in the darkness, I begin to hear strange noises coming from the forest. It sounds like something is moving through the trees, but I can't see anything at all. My heart starts to race as I realize I'm completely alone out here, with no way to defend myself. I'm kicking myself knowing I should have brought at least a crowbar or something. Suddenly, I see something move out of the corner of my eye. It's a shadowy figure, creeping closer and closer to my car, ever so slightly. Frantically, I try to start the engine again, but again it won't move. The figure is now right outside my window. I can see that this thing is definitely not human. It's definitely some sort of monster or beast. Its eyes are glowing red. Its face is twisted into a grotesque grin. I scream, but there's no one around to hear me. As the creature tries to break through the window, I realize I'm trapped. There's no way out, and I'm entirely at the mercy of this... Well, whatever this is. I closed my eyes and prayed for a miracle. But the creature is gone when I open them again. I don't even know if it was real or just my imagination. But I don't care. Luckily, after I try to crank the car again, it luckily starts with a few sputters. And I drive away as fast as possible. Vowing never to return to that cursed highway ever again. And that's why we love the Swamp Dweller around here. Taking us on another weird and spooky journey each and every night here on Spaced Out Radio to kick off hour number three. And if you want more stories just like that, you can head on over to Swamp Dweller Reads on YouTube and check it on out. From the swamp to the stars, it is time for us to bring in little Timmy Senor and the UFO Report. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. Jimmy Senor, it's always good to have you here, my friend. How you been doing? Been really good, bud. It's uh, been beautiful weather here, so I've had some clear skies, some opportunities to get out with the fam and to search the stars for 
our alien friends. Must be really nice. You know what it's been doing here? Snowing. 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 It is snowing like anything outside of SOR headquarters right now. Yeah. The snow ate your power last night. It Well, the snow didn't do that. Uh, some truck versus power pole, but that's okay. That's Hardcore. okay. You know, see, even Jerry in the chat room thinks you're Howie Mandel. Well, he's close. It's the dude from Deal or No Deal. What's going on? Yeah, well, that's might as well just like own it at this point. You might as well. You might as well. Looks a lot like me. Do you feel like things are starting to calm down in the in the drone and balloon world, or do you think that uh, we're still in the midst of this mess? Yeah, I mean the fervor is still going on. Um, There's a lot of things going on. You know, the past week to ten days. And so, no, it's not out of the news yet. There's a lot of opinions flying around and a lot of conjecture. But unfortunately, we cannot get away from it as a topic in this UFO news again. But um, I think it's good that we are covering it because it is relevant. And, um, you know, we've had a lot of statements from people that are also really relevant in the topic. Like Lou Elizondo came out with a very recent statement. And we'll talk about that. And um, so a few other nuggets and some surprises tonight. Uh, so we're going to keep it really close to the chest and on topic for everyone. Here, Let's talk about this Elizondo thing here for a second. I don't know if you have that on your list or not. But there's something about that that bugs me. Because I, I will, I've come out publicly and said I am, a, I am an Elizondo fan. I am a supporter of his. And, you know, I... I think he's done a lot of good for moving ufology for as much as he's allowed to say. And I've also tried to coach people to say, look, read between the lines of what Lou is saying. For You can start saving and investing for your kids in the time it takes to make their lunch. Download the Acorns app, open an account in just five minutes, and give their money a chance to grow. Investment advisory services offered by Acorns Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cakes should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? Celebrate his biggest day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Or the true story of what he cannot say. It's the same thing with what we say about random guy. You know, read between the lines. It's easy. Easy to do. But the one thing that I I have troubles with is he made a statement basically, and I'm paraphrasing here, that when he left the ATIP program to join the Two the Stars Academy, he was fed up. He had enough about all of these incursions that were happening over U.S. airspace. We were always led to believe that it was about UFOs with Lou. And the whole UAP aspect. And the way he's been talking the last few days on social media especially is it doesn't seem like it really was about UFOs. That it was more about incursions with drones, balloons, and everything of the sort. Did you get that picture too or is it just me being a little too skeptical? 
Um, I mean, we can get into this um, and we can even, you know, I'll, I can even read his quote, but um, this is, this wasn't a surprise. This is the same information that Lou has been giving us the whole time in support of research and getting more information on it to be well-informed before we jump to conclusions and that there's going to be a lot more information to come. And his statement supported that. Now, I do understand kind of your hesitation to jump into support of this statement in particular. However, you have to understand that this is a really hot topic right now. And the fact is that all of the facts are still coming out. And so for him to get a statement in now is great. But let's consider for a moment the big picture and understand that, you know, it's kind of hard to read in anything new. I mean, Lou was brought into this community because we had podcasters and people on the topic that were asking him questions and to the stars Academy released, uh, you know, a series of shows that highlighted him and his program. But it seems like there's a lot of this, that he was a little bit drawn into this community Yes, he did put himself there and insert himself via these videos. But let's also consider that we kept him here and kept the UFO topic at him, where he was always deferring to UAP and the fact that it's not all about UFO. We don't know what UFO is, but we can talk about UAP is. Just remember a couple things here. Though and and I agree with you. I think what you're saying is is a strong reality of of his words. But I will say this: both him and Chris Mellon, a number of months ago, about a year ago now, stopped using the words Russia and China when they were talking about UFOs and these incidents that they were getting into. And now it just seems like it's not about UFOs. It's about UAP, which could right. be China, Russia. Now, at the, the simple at the answer begin- there, I think, would be that it's no longer covered by their NDAs. Now that it's in public, they're probably allowed to talk about that. Could very well be. But either way, it still screams to me like, a, and I told you so, which I have no problem doing or admitting. Here's the statement that Elizondo has uh, read for us, okay? I'll read it for our, our fans here. The recent publicized incursions of our sovereign airspace are a reminder of what I have been saying for years, and the primary reason I resigned from my position as director of the Pentagon's Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program, ATIP. UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, are regularly flying with impunity in our nation's sovereign airspace and present an urgent national security threat, but in Individuals within our government remain staunchly opposed to properly investigating and acknowledging this matter. Many of these UAP display beyond next generation capabilities that defy what we know about physics, interfere with our military and nuclear platforms, and remain unidentified. We must ascertain the capability, intention, and origin of all these UAP at all costs. We cannot allow the antiquated stigma around UAP or inflexible mindsets within our government to prevent the American public from learning the truth, whatever that may be. It 
is time for the White House, the intelligence community, and our military to truly begin taking this matter seriously and start working together in the best interests of the American people. Thanks to patriotic leaders like Senator Rubio, Senator Gillibrand, Congressman Carson, Congressman Gallagher, Congressman Burchett, their staffs, and the members of our military who have reported what they have seen, we now have bipartisan support for positive change and recent UAP legislation in the National Defense Authorization Act, NDAA, that will pave the way. I am proud to have played a role in the creation of this historic legislation and remain deeply involved with the efforts to address this national security threat. Okay, so my question here now, though, is what is the threat? Now, we know when Chinese air balloons and drones come in to spy... That's a threat, okay, because they are looking for information. As far as we know, there is no threat with UFOs. So what is it? Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's very, you know, creative wordage here because nowhere in here does it say UFO. It's all UAP and um, narration thereof. And I think that, if you remember, he really made a clear designation between UFO and UAP a while ago. And he even said that he wanted to get rid of the stigma and the old history of, or whatever he said, I don't remember the exact quote, but something about UFO and wanting to, you know, separate it. And so I think here we are also seeing the separation. I think he still considers UAP things that could be anything from weather to balloons. And so he is classifying all of that stuff potentially as a hazard as does uh, Graves and a bunch of other people that are coming out here um, with kind of the military uh, thought that things that are floating in the air, especially, you know, 30,000 feet around that area are potentially a hazard to pilots. And I think that this is kind of, yes, the I told you so. But at the same rate, it, you know, it was coming at some point. We were going to have something that was going to interfere with our, you know, the whole language of the the paper that we got um, from Arrow, everything that we've seen in the 2022 report was geared towards, you know, the takedown of the questionable objects flying, right? Even in there, they had balloons specifically named as part of the program that they are going to be working on. So this is in their domain. And so when this happened, this was absolutely, and I told you so from Elizondo, from the people that made sure that that wordage was in there, Elizondo and his team, remember, he was pivotal to getting this wordage in the 2022 UAP report. So just step back, look at the chain of events, and everything that you see in here will make sense. You won't wonder why you're not seeing UFO signified here. Um, Elizondo quoting here, you know, it being antiquated stigma. And that's going to be something that I'm going to talk about here a little bit later with something else that I'm going to bring up. I, but, I understand that, Tim. And, and, and yeah. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong at all, because I think there's many ways that we can look at this. And maybe I'm splitting hairs too finely here. Okay. But as of right now, UFOs are not a threat. What we do know are a threat is spy balloons and spy drones, which has been happening 
for over 50, 60 years, like random guy said on this show last week and earlier this week. Okay, this is something that is cause for concern for the defense of North America. At this point, I really do believe that you have to separate the difference between the two, something that is man-made and something that is not. If it's not man-made, is it a threat? Because the way Elizondo has gone over it, Mellon has gone over it, Tom DeLong brags about it, that UFOs are a threat to national security. And now we're learning that UAP is not so much about UFOs, and in this statement, it tells me that he's been telling the people for years, China, Russia, maybe Iran, and maybe North Korea and others have been sending these uh, intelligence balloons or drones into our airspace, which does perceive a threat. It does. UFOs, as of right now, do not, because we don't know what they are, where they come from. How are they getting here? How are they taking off so quick? Now, that's not saying that UFOs aren't a defense directive that shouldn't be paid attention to because they damn well should. But I think at this point, with this statement of Elizondo, you have to, in my opinion, draw a difference between the two. What is a UFO and what is a UAP? To me, a UAP is man-made. Agreed, or potentially natural, but explainable. Sure. Because we can, you know, there's a few things in there. But you're absolutely 100% right, because I also want to consider the fact that anytime Lou was directly asked about UFOs or aliens, he does not give you a straight answer. It's not really something he may know specifically about. He may allude to historical events that he can point to, but other than things that he's been informed of directly... He doesn't really talk about it. And again, I want to say that he really does seem to focus more on the, like you're saying, the UAP, the stuff that is potentially man-made, but it's also in the purview. Now, they do as a group allude uh, allude to UFO because it also is in that group of things, but I don't think they know anything about that. I think that that is something that they're still very much on the search for, but they don't want to confuse it with balloons and things like that. And that's why they took a sensitive approach. But now we're seeing how um, that stigmatized uh, concept of UFO and how we have to be very sensitive about UFO and UAP is now getting muddied because we're seeing the direct result of us tiptoeing around this topic and waiting so long to deal with the balloon. And they use the UFO topic as an excuse to do so. And so using the UFO stigma to hide this topic because pilots and military are encouraged not to report it is also another issue that we can't just sweep under the rug. You know, absolutely. We're not, you know, that's another huge hindrance. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, once again, I want to point out in Elizondo's statement, this is, this is kind of what gets me where he said, for, I've been saying this for years, and the primary reason I resigned from my position at ATIP, UAP, Unidentified Aerial Phenomena, are regularly flying with impunity over our nation's sovereign airspace and present an urgent national security threat. Okay? And this is coming on the heels, once again, of the Chinese drones and balloons. 
That statement right there, people, should tell you point blank that this isn't business balloons that have been taken down. This isn't uh, balloons or anything taken down over the Yukon or Alaska or Lake Huron. This is serious stuff. When I say read between the lines when it comes to Elizondo, this is exactly what I mean. What he's saying to you here is we know these came from China or other aggressors of the United States around the world, and we need to make sure that this stuff does not happen because we don't need another Pearl Harbor. We don't need another 9-11, and if we don't tighten up our airspace, it's going to happen. But once again, that is for human-made objects, not UFOs, in my opinion. Tim, I'm going to get you to hold on right there. When we come back from the break on the UFO report, we're going to get into spy balloons, diplomatic crisis, missiles that cost 400 grand a piece, and so much more on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Thank you so much for tuning us in. We very much appreciate your ears. Final half hour of the show is right after this. Two hundred fifty people in here. Just want to let you all know that after the show, uh, we will be doing a little bit of overtime with Random Guy and Tim regarding uh, all things weird, strange. Uh, we'll take your questions as well in the chat room. If you're new here, thank you so much for tuning us in. Don't forget to hit subscribe and ring that bell. We'd very much appreciate it. Leave a comment after the show. Let us know what you think. I, you know what I want to start doing, guys. And I saw this other show doing it today on YouTube, and I thought it was the coolest thing. I want to start reading your comments from the show night before, the night before. So, for instance, I tonight I would read the comments on Monday. I'm thinking about adding that to the end of the show. That way we get more interaction with you guys or the people who maybe can't listen live. So that's what I'm thinking of doing. And if you could, for our algorithms, give us a thumbs up or down. We'd greatly appreciate it. 250 people in here. Uh, It would be nice to hit about 150 to 180 in thumbs up, if you wouldn't mind. Or even 200. Timmy. (laughs) Hey, Double Day. It's so funny you should say that. I actually had saved and pasted a comment from somebody from our last show. And for real, and I have it here. I'm going to read it at some point because it was a great comment. So, uh, yeah, dude, great minds are working. So, well, at least you're great mind, and I just got lucky. Oh, but, you, you got a brilliant mind, my friend. You are way well, more thorough. I'm way more emotional. I do take a lot of notes. I make sure you know what we're doing. I keep. I hope I try to keep you on on what I'm up to at least. Ah, uh, you're a good guy, Timmy. I give you my my report. This guy. What do you think, Timmy Leaks? I like Timmy Leaks. Timmy Leaks. I got one. I'd like to see you grow a mustache. No, you wouldn't. No, you'd hate it. You would hate it. I wouldn't. I look silly with it. I look like I should be in college. 
you know, with a goatee. Because, I mean, I don't know. It's not, it's not I got, I got one more question for you. <clears throat> uh, when we come back. Yeah. Mustache catch too many big fish, bra. Uh, Nick kneecaps. I have three tattoos. I have my daughter's names, and uh, and I have um, Marvin the Martian on my leg. Of course, you which do. lately I'll be honest with you, I have been itching, itching for more tattoos. I was thinking you were going to be itching your Marvin the Martian tattoo. I was going to no. Um. You want more tattoos? That's great. Didn't yeah. we almost get a tattoo together? We oh, did. whoa. Uh, dry, to- dry Toast is here. Best name on YouTube, Dry Toast. It's fantastic. Kamikaze Karaoke over on Twitch. How you doing, buddy? Yeah, Dave and I were like drunk girls one night. <laughs> like, let's go get tattoos. Not that... I'm sorry. Drunk teenagers is what I really meant. Because... It's not just girls. Drunk guys do it, too. <laughs> but, yeah, drunk teenagers. We were, like, going to run across the street and get matching tats. I was like, whoa, wait a minute. Let's think this through. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The resolve. I hear you. <laughs> Your chat's like, what? You should have done it. SJ, how you doing? I'm hungry. Do you speak more than one language? No. 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 I can understand some French. Right. You kind of have to up there. Yeah. Yeah, but that's about it. Random guy. Well, we're going to get we're going to get random guy a big tramp stamp SOR tattoo on his lower back. <laughs> Probably do it. Oh yeah. Oh. Oh yeah. Big owl right on his lower back. With the microphone coming out of the crack of his ass. That's commitment. Uh, that's total commitment. Right? Ain't that right, meaty toes? You like that? Scowling, Greg O'Brien. How you doing, buddy? All right, here we go, everyone. We're heading for home tonight on Spaced Out Radio. My name is Dave Scott. Very much appreciate earning your listening ears wherever you are on this beautiful planet we call Earth. I want to remind you that if you miss most of this show or others, check out our free archives at youtube.com forward slash Spaced Out Radio. Do old Davey the favor, hit that subscribe button. Our website is spacedoutradio.com. We have a plethora of features for you. Rock out to Bumblefoot, read the Newswire, check out our swag as well. Follow us on Twitter at Spaced Out Radio, Instagram at Spaced Out Radio Show, and on TikTok at Spaced Out Radio.
The UFO Report continues with our main Timbit, Tim Senor here from beautiful Oregon, USA. What town are you in? I'm in Salem. Salem, America. You're in Salem, Mm -hmm. America. That's where you are. And (laughs) all right, Uh, UFOs becoming a diplomatic crisis. What do you got going on here, man? Yeah, and so we're going to look into how a fog of questions over a spy balloon and UFOs fed a diplomatic crisis. And so U.S. officials now suspect that the spy balloon was sent on a mission to go across bases overlooking Guam and Hawaii, and other downed objects were not. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cakes should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? <coughs> Celebrate his biggish day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum. Prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Necessarily surveillance machines. And so Washington's evolving view reflects U.S. and Chinese difficulties in discerning each other's intentions. And so I'm just going to breeze through an article today that I was looking at from the New York Times, where we are highlighting some of the other murky actions that have challenged the U.S. analysts trying to read Chinese intentions. And so on January 28th, When the balloon approached the Aleutian Islands in the American airspace over Alaska in its off-course trajectory, the balloon's self-destruct function did not activate, and U.S. officials are hypothesizing on that. And so Chinese operators may not have wanted to destroy the balloon. It is also possible that they had attempted to trigger the self-destruct mechanism, and it just failed. And so with the Chinese spy balloon showdown, we see the discovery of a Chinese surveillance balloon floating over the United States, adding to the rising tensions between the two superpowers. And so as tensions rise in the aftermath of the U.S. downing of the Chinese spy balloon on February 4th and the three unidentified flying objects a week later, the nations have traded accusations over their spying programs. China's reaction in Beijing has tried to play down the balloon incident, but that is getting harder to do as alarm and accusations mount. At home, China has sought to cast the controversy as a symptom of U.S. decline. And so unidentified objects, as more identified objects are shot down, in the recent days, experts are now warning that there was endless array of potential targets crowding America's skies. And so in dismay in Asia, the balloon saga has brought a wave of disappointment and fear 
a region whose security and prosperity are especially vulnerable due to flare-ups between the two superpowers. And so just to kind of wrap things up here, um, the Chinese operators and officials did not take any immediate action after the two top American diplomats, Blinken and uh, Sherman, both issued a formal démarche to senior Chinese diplomat Zhu Haokin at the State Department on February 1st about the balloon, telling him his government had to do something about it. And so Mr. Zhu appeared to be taken by surprise, according to some U.S. officials. But then more than 24 hours later and a half a day after the Pentagon announced the existence of the balloon, the Chinese foreign ministry officials in Beijing spoke privately to diplomats in the U.S. embassy, telling them that the balloon was a harmless civilian machine that had gone off course. Dave, your first reactions before we get into the second part of this piece that we are talking about right now. Well, I always try to look at things diplomatically because I am a diplomat of the UFO woo. And I think it's posturing. I, I think we're seeing posturing being played out within the media. I think we're seeing posturing being played out within the, the sources of the story. Does it cause a diplomatic crisis? Absolutely it does, right? Because, you know, when you get caught doing something red-handed, you get scolded for it, whether it's a parent, you know, whether, you know, as kids, you know, uh, you st- stole the pack of gum from the corner store and got caught or, or whatever it may be. You're going to get your hand slapped. And I think that's what we're seeing now. But, you know, China is such a different, different animal here because literally we're looking at a couple trillion dollars a year on estimate of trade between North American countries and the Chinese each and every year. You know, whether it's raw logs, oil, toys, sports equipment, couches, fridges, computer chips, whatever it may be. They need us as much as we need them. And if something happened militarily, it would destroy all of North America. It would destroy China financially. We would be hurting big time here. We may not want to admit it, but we think inflation's bad now. Can you just imagine what it would happen if if this thing blew up? So, I mean... This is a, a an international mess here, whether we want to look at it or not. But the truth of what actually happened, unfortunately, we'll never know. That's right. You're absolutely 100% right. And for that matter, there are still objects that are unknown that were downed by our U.S. military. And so UFO downed by a $400,000 missile. Yeah. And it may have been simply a $12 hobby balloon. Uh, why are we spending all this money to take out the trash, Dave? Well, first off, military produ- products. If if the American public is going to complain about a $400,000 AIM-9X missile, I would really hate to see the American public figure out that each cruise missile costs just over a million dollars. And when we saw those days of the first Gulf War uh, and, and you know, George Bush said, go, go, go. And they started firing 
I think the first day they fired like 60 to 100 cruise missiles into Baghdad and Riyadh. That was $100 million worth of missiles. And you're complaining about a $400,000 sidewinder? Now, this is where the propaganda gets in. On a $12 hobby balloon, a jet fighter is not going to engage a $12 hobby balloon or a kite or uh, what What could you call it? A, a remote control airplane, an R- RC uh, airplane. They're not going to do that. They know what they were looking at. All the pilot, if it was a $12 children's hobby balloon, you know what happens when the pilot flies by it at first? They're going to try and identify it. That's it. They're going to try and identify it. And to sit there and say that, you know, they shot down a $12 hobby balloon. Anybody who buys that, come see me because I have a bridge in the middle of the desert that I would like to sell you for cheap. Only 60 months worth of payments at $1,000 a month. Yeah. Yeah. And furthering in on that, just yesterday, so February 16th, which is Thursday, Canadian Mounties suspended the search for the UFO that was shot down over Lake Huron. And so the debris from that object uh, that was shot down on Sunday will now be suspended. And so in a statement, the the Royal Canadian Mounted Police attributed the halt to poor weather conditions and a slim chance of finding anything in the 23,000-square-foot lake, parts of which can be as deep as 750 feet. And so in a quote, they're saying, after conducting an extensive search in the Lake Huron era, area with the assistance of the Canadian Coast Guard and other domestic and international partners, a decision was reached to suspend the search due to several factors, including deteriorating weather and the low probability of recovery. So the Mounties added that the search and recovery efforts continue in Canada's Yukon Territory for a different object shot down on Saturday, despite harsh conditions. And in this quote, the conditions are extremely challenging with a very large search area spanning 3,000 square kilometers and consisting of rugged and mountainous terrain with a high level of snowpack and harsh winter conditions. So this investigation is in its very early stages and will take time. So it's getting different information on retrieval, Dave, um, but it's sounding like it's going to be some hard going. Do you have any insight or thoughts on these most recent reports that we're now getting about the suspension of the search? Yes, I think Canada is playing the espionage game as well. Let me tell you why. Two things. Number one, when that thing was shot down, whatever it was, we know it was cylindrical. We know it was about the size of a small car. We were told that it was being tracked by a CP-140 Aurora, which is the Canadian equivalent of the United States Navy C, uh, what is it? Pardon me, P-3 Orion. 
the job of the people on that aircraft is to track. They know the GPS coordinates of where that thing was shot down. So to say that they are searching a 30,000 square kilometer or a 3,000 square kilometer area doesn't make sense. Now, here's the other thing. I can understand weather being an issue up there to get helicopters in to try and get it. I do believe they have it. They knew where it was because immediately when it was shot down, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau stated that Canada would handle all full recovery efforts. You have three jet fighters in the sky plus a radar set, uh, operator. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? <coughs> Celebrate his biggish day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two-item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, bread bowl, pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Business today looks nothing like it did yesterday. While it's more unpredictable, its possibilities are endless. At ADP, turning unpredictability into an advantage is what we do. Using data-driven insights, we design HR solutions to help businesses work better, smarter, so they can think beyond today and find even more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll. ADP, always designing for people. Reading aircraft. They know the coordinates of where it went down. Number two, if that thing was blackened by the explosion of being shot down, you know what sticks out like a sore thumb in snow? Something black. And that object would be darkened by the explosion. And unless there is that much powder up on the mountains there right now, that when it hit the ground... It went poof, and all the snow went shooting up in the air and covered the object and or caused an avalanche to roll over top of the object. That is the only two ways that I could see this object not being recovered. I mean, hell, even if it landed on a lake, a frozen lake, the ice there is so thick between, you know, we'll put it this way, in my area, we have lakes with two to three feet of ice on them. You drive people driving their vehicles all over the lakes. Up there, it gets much colder, darker, and the, and the water freezes much thicker. About five to three to five feet, if not more. That's why they send semi trucks with heavy loads onto the ice. Okay. So this is what doesn't make sense. I think they know where it is. They may. I think they already have it. Just like a $12 child's balloon that you spent a $400,000 missile on, now you're going to say your GPS coordinates are not working when you said that you're going to recover it? Doesn't make sense. No, there's, right. there's something very suspicious going on here. Very suspicious. And Dave, you're 100% not alone. Steve Bassett, who is Washington, D.C.'s UFO lobbyist, 
uh, not only does he is he not buying into the claims that recovering the wreckage from the recent airborne objects is impossible, but he also doesn't buy the White House's extraterrestrial denial. And so in the 11 days since four different airborne objects, one believed to be Chinese spy balloon and the others of unknown origin were shot down, Americans have been captivated by the mystery playing out in the sky. Few, however, have been following developments with more interest than Washington's UFO lobbyist, Stephen Bassett. And over the past quarter century, Bassett has pushed the federal government to take the issue of UFOs more seriously. And so in this article, they reached out to Bassett for his thoughts on airborne objects. And we're going to discuss that here. Um, and in his quote, he's saying that on Monday, uh, Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre said, there is no indication of aliens or extraterrestrial activity with these recent takedowns. And when asked their response to that, he's saying, think about the language. They're not saying there is an extraterrestrial connection. They're saying there's no indication yet. So it's not a false statement, but it does not rule out extraterrestrials at all. So they're playing this carefully, and that is to be understood. And when asked what he thought these airborne objects were, he says that, I don't know. I have theories. But until the government comes forward with information regarding what they've seen, plus gun camera footage, which you know they took, plus the wreckage analysis, we can't know. And so furthering on, he says, I do know that there was a wonderful article in CNN Politics headlined, Debris of downed objects may never be recovered, officials warn as White House tries to tamp down on conspiracies. And that official is, of course, National Security Council spokesperson John Kirby, which is an extraordinary statement to make. I mean, really, when it comes to recovering stuff, we're really good at it, particularly when we know the exact area where the thing crashed and we recovered the Titanic. So we've recovered submarines. So the idea that the dis this debris may never be recovered is, of course, utterly ludicrous. Yes. And yeah, so he is absolutely in agreement with you. And uh, continuing his, um, his quote here, when he was asked, does the attention surrounding the most recent incidents impact the agenda on UFOs in Washington? He says it's actually turning up the heat for additional hearings. And it's also demonstrating to the press that it's ready to jump all over anything like this. And that tells the Pentagon, well, we can't just keep sitting on this. And it also says the same thing to the White House. So where we're heading is the real deal, meaning that the Senate Intelligence Committee, the House Intelligence Committee, the Senate Armed Services Committee, and the House, the House Armed Service Committee are going to bring primarily military witnesses to testify about these events and evidence. And that's where this thing has been going. And that's where it needs to go. And so once those hearings start, we are kind of in the end game. And in the White House, confirmation of the presence of UFOs and extraterrestrials in the universe is of the utmost importance. And so... Um, this is great because he goes into a second explanation, which I'll just kind of wrap up here, where he says, now the second explanation for what's going on here is where it gets interesting because we're moving so quickly towards hearings. 
we're in the final days of the truth embargo. Have the ETs decided to deliberately slow down some of their drone-type crafts so that we could shoot them down in order to goose this whole process of holding additional Congress hearings forward? He doesn't know, but he likes to hear things like that. And we don't think that we can recover the records. That gets his attention as well. In this quote, he says, so this thing still remains unknown. It's unprecedented and it's exciting. And as long as it advances and increases the intensity and pressure to get the hearings that we've been waiting for, the real hearings, the witness hearings, then it's wonderful. We got about 90 seconds left. And I want to make this quick comment to you. If, and I want to thank Random Guy for pointing this out earlier. He was checking up on Enigma Labs. And apparently Enigma Labs has turned off on Twitter your opportunity to reply unless they are following you and subscribe to your Twitter handle. Otherwise, you can no longer comment on Enigma stories. You have to retweet and ask your question. Now, Tim, we've seen a few shady things from this group already. Should we expect more things like this to continue from this UFO group? Yeah, if you're starting to see them clutch down on controls just in Twitter, um, that, that's definitely throwing up red flags that uh, they're already starting to refine who can get in touch and what they want to hear and that they don't really want to hear responses. That is not good news. But, um, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that they're, you know, closing down or anything. In, in like any communication way, I don't know what that really means. You know, that's relatively new information for me. Um, it's not good news to me, by any stretch of the imagination. To me, it just sh- um, it, it shines more shade on everything. It really definitely. does. You know, and I don't like that. I mean, ufology, we want transparency. We talk about disclosure, and now we have a major company like Enigma Labs who doesn't want disclosure. They want it all for themselves, and they will cut the public out of everything another reason in my opinion not to trust this group bad press move from a person who runs their press department who's never worked in media before Hmm. so on that note tim thank you we'll see you in overtime and to our radio audience what a great show tonight thank you to tim thank you to swamp dweller lorian fenton for a wonderful wonderful show we had a great time talking to ufos tonight Indeed. Oh, we got Mr. Ron Bumblefoot Thal rocking in the background with Little Brother is watching. Bumblefoot is the official music of Spaced Out Radio. Rocking us in and out of every single show. Get your horns up for the guitar god himself. Special thanks to everybody listening in. At home, at work, in your cars, wherever you may be. Thank you to everyone in our chat rooms tonight. YouTube, Twitch, LGAP, Facebook, LinkedIn, Spreaker, the Space Travelers Club, and on Twitter at hashtag Spaced Out Radio. I know you're out there somewhere. Remember, this show is copyrighted by Spaced Out Radio and SOR Media Ventures Limited. Thank you so much for choosing to share your evening with us because together, my friends, we're watching.
We own the night. Mr. Bumblefoot, we need a favor. We need you to take us home. Yes, the Wu train has docked for the night. But soon, my friends, we shall ride again. Your seats are always available. Your tickets never expire. And if you want to bring a friend, we got room for them, too. Good night. Domino's Mix and Match menu has items for every occasion. Flaked on your friend's open mic night? Flaky bread twists and molten lava cake should do the trick. Soccer team duty? Medium two-topping pizzas and stuffed cheesy bread are your best defense. Is it your dog's half birthday? <coughs> Celebrate his biggish day with savory sandwiches and tender specialty chicken. Mix and match two or more items for $6.99 each at Domino's. Ask for this offer two item minimum prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. Bone and wings, red bull pasta, and pan pizza will cost extra. Local stores have delivery fees and can charge extra for some menu items. Businesses need to think beyond today. That's why ADP uses data-driven insights to design HR solutions to help your business find more success tomorrow. HR, time, talent, benefits, payroll, ADP, always designing for people. 